This is Snake. Can you hear me? Good. The mission is simple. Put your geek pants on and infiltrate Foxhound. If you need backup, contact Ken and Chris on their codec frequency. Ready? Snake out. Thank you, Snake. And thank you to all of you for joining in for the Geek Pants Camcast, episode one. I'm Ken Levitsky. I'm Chris Mercier. You forgot to say one of a million. One of a million? That's right. For me. No, the, the amount of episodes we're going to do. Oh, one of a million. There you go. That's what I bring to the table. Yeah, so Flames. I should probably book this room for like the next 10 days, 20 days straight. Where are we going to go? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we ain't going too far. Yes. So if you're wondering what this is, it's basically going to be a pop culture podcast. Um, Chris and I, were, we're geeks at heart. Since yeah. we met when we were five. Yeah. It's... Nerds forever. That's right, nerds forever, geeks, if you will. But, geek pants, um, I think, is always good. That, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Right. I like geek pants. Out of, it's going to be everything. That sounds Movies, good to me. comic books, video games, might even be some wrestling. You never know. Oh, there'll be some wrestling. Because, I mean, let's be honest, right? you got to get back in the game. Wrestlers were the live-action superheroes for us growing That's out. right, but you got to get back in the game. i got to get back in the game, because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're out. Sweetman B versus Sweetman B. Big boob chick on the side. Actually, they're not that big boob baby. They actually look more like women these days. Yeah. Not plastic Barbie Speaking dolls. of which, Mae Young Classic. Fucking awesome. Mm, yeah, but every time you say Mae Young, I just go back to the days of hands. Well, it's like I said of, to Michelle. Like they, they had to call it the Mae Young Classic. They couldn't call it the Fabulous Moolah Classic. No. Because of all the controversy surrounding her back oh, in yeah. the day. Oh, Did yeah. you find out some of that stuff? No. She's like a glorified pimp. Oh, that's sweet. Good for her, though. She would hold down other female wrestlers, hold their pay. Yeah, like there's a lot. We won't get too sidetracked on that one, just just because obviously this is one of a million, so we need to what a million, keep it yeah, along. Yes, but uh, um, so I'll Saint, say thanks, Saint too. That was awesome. I can't believe Saint did that. Yeah, Saint's a good guy. You know, he's got took some... time out of his day infiltrating Foxhound. Yes, to talk about geek fans and us and our Kodak. <laughs> I don't know what her number is for Kodak. Figure it out. It's like one four zero eight six. I think that's an actual. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's an actual. We'll Kodak. have to look on the back of the boxer. Oh, okay. Mm. Right, going back yeah. to the PS1 Oh days. my god, so crazy. Oh, Metal Gear Solid. I love it. I love it so much. We'll, uh, have, to, uh, we'll have to talk about Metal Gear one day. Like yeah, we'll have like episode. video game retrospectives cool and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So I'm much. excited. Like this is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Basically, you're going to just sit in on one of our usual conversations. Yeah. Like when it. we get going, the wives usually have to stop us. Or they leave. Or they leave. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, this is irritating. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, guys. Oh, I married a child. Boy, that's <laughs> yeah. great. Well, I'm 34 and I just started driving, so I guess <laughs> glorify a child for the longest time. That's because you've been flying the whole time. Right. Right? That's right, but Tits the shirt right now. And Chris wearing a Superman shirt for the people listening and not watching. You have to keep that in mind that some people may listen and not watch. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wearing a Superman shirt, uh, one of seven, I believe, at this point. Mm. I'm wearing a Batman watch, which is uh, one of eight different superhero watches. And I'm wearing purple underwear. It's the only pair I own. <laughs> underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who wears oh, you're, underwear? You're one of them. Yeah. <clears throat> 
So essentially, we're going to... Um, I'm not. I actually wear the hair. <laughs> the Geek Cap. The Geek Cap. The Geek Cap is basically us just chatting about the big topics of last week in movies and comics and video games. And then from there, we'll go into our big topic of the day. I don't have a segment name for the big topic yet. Um, I actually thought it was uh, talking about the Bat Trilogy. Just as simple as that. That was one I thought of. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking about Batman Returns to Batman and Robin? No, 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 you're right. Eh? I guess we... The, <laughs> the Nolan Trilogy. Oh, the Dark Knight The epic, trilogy. epic Dark Knight Trilogy. That is our main conversation point for today. That's right. And I'm excited to talk about it. Again. Yeah. Because we've been talking about those movies for a long time. <laughs> Since they came out. But we just watched them again. <laughs> so they're fresh in the brain. Which was intentional. This isn't like just, ah, you know what, nothing else is on. I'm going to watch Batman Begins. I said we flip a coin to see who talks like Bane the whole thing. I can't do it. It's no? hard. Okay. But like, you can be Batman. Or it's close because it's like, um, I was practicing the other night just in case. But it's just like, yeah. <laughs> just in case. What is it? I, you believe the dark's your ally. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. He's a bit more muffled. Yeah. It's like, uh, you merely befriended the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. <laughs> That's actually really good, though. Um, I never saw the light of man till I was, or the light of day until I was a man. That's right. The light and of man. And then it blinds you. The light of man. And, uh, oh, I bet the light of man blinded him. The other one is, uh, what is it? Uh, what a lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I like when they throw in tidbits about that being improv, and I was yeah. like, well. It is a lovely voice, though. <laughs> but now I just picture, like, say, even, like, Heath Ledger. They're just hanging out, doing their voices. <laughs> just saying shit. People are like, that's good. Chill out. Yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. get to the geek cap. The geek cap. Let's chat about It. Stephen King's It. And it's record-breaking weekend box office intake. Domestically, it brought in $123.1 million. Yeah. Worldwide, 185 mil. I gotta say, like that, that that is surprising for me uh, as a huge fan of the show, uh, of like the book and the movie. Right. I never would have thought it was gonna make that kind of money. I, I. It looked amazing. Half of that I wasn't even expecting. Like it looked amazing, and when a horror movie looks amazing, I expect anywhere from 60 to 70 mil. I would have said like if you would have said total run. Yeah. 150 mil. I'd have That'd been, like, be more yeah. believable. Okay. Like right now with an opening like that, we're looking at a three hundred million dollar horror movie, which is unheard of. But the best part is, is it guarantees the sequel to tie it all up. Guarantees it. Like hundred percent guarantees. One hundred percent happening, and I'm having fun trying to figure out who are they going to cast. Are they going to go with unknowns like they did with the children in this movie, or are they going to get like bigger name actors? You know what? I think in some cases it almost makes sense to do bigger name actors. It does, like, I mean, they'll have like, they'll have the money to hire them now. Like a Jason Bateman. Yeah. Where he's a big name, but he's not like a huge, huge, huge mm -hmm. star. Or what's the other guy from uh, The Gift? Edgerton? Oh, um, yeah. Edgerton? He would be, uh, I think he'd be a good one for uh, the, the fat kid. I can't remember his name. Fat kid? Yeah. I, I don't remember the names at all either. I, I only remember and some I of the I actually watched it the other day. So. Yeah. So you have a good reason to not know. I have no reason it, at all. Uh, it's not Richie, is it? There is a Richie in the no, group. No, that's that's Richie Tozier. He's yeah, Richie's now. yeah yeah. Kid from like, Stranger Things. Yeah, so I I don't know like 
just I, I think like you can get to a certain level, but that Edgerton guy from the gift, he's really good. That yeah. movie was really good. I honestly think um I, I forget the girl's name in uh in the movie. Amy Adams would be perfect for her as an Adelman. Yeah. They look pretty damn close. Like I've looked at pictures right. side by side. They're pretty damn close. Hmm. So I'm very, very interested and excited to see where this goes. Me too. And this is going to take horror movies to a whole different ballpark. Like it, it's now that Hollywood has seen this. I, I, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Basically, what Hollywood is going to do is they're just going to say, "Let's do more of that." Yeah. Let's not push the envelope any further. Let's just do more of that. You honestly think there's going to be two it movies? What do you mean? I guarantee you, Hollywood. After the second movie ties up the book, they're going to go, hey, 27 years from now, what's Pennywise up to? I guarantee you, no way Warner Brothers is going to walk away from that kind of money. Okay, but they have to, like, if you read the book. I haven't read the book. Okay. But you also saw the original movie, right? Yes. Okay. Long time ago, though. I haven't seen them a lot. Can't, can't do it after this. I just I find like they're I mean how many times we I see, understand how many times do we see Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers and all them die? I understand what you're talking about. I understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is a finite story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it doesn't allow for that Hollywood BS. Prequels. Oh fuck off! You're right. Fuck prequels. Off. Fuck right off. There it is. It prequels will happen. Hundred percent guarantee it. Look oh, what they're you know doing what? with the you Conjuring. Look what they're doing with the Conjuring. They got the Annabelle movies going now, and now they got the, the, the haunted, scary <laughs> so nun bitch, we'll, whatever we'll her name is. We'll get to see exactly I, uh, how uh, how it came about. Yes. If they don't already tell the story in the second movie, which they might. It's Zero, Rise of the Pennywise. Ooh. That actually does sound like just good enough where somebody in the Hollywood office was like, I just got a raise for that. Yes. It'll be the worst pile of shit movie yeah. ever. The one guy who has zero... Like taste in podcasts who listens to this. I just got my raise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. I'm a piece of shit. All right, moving on. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three officially announced by James Gunn coming to 2020. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, it's a no brainer. Yes. Okay, especially because like we were talking about this before we started, uh, and I, I said like Captain America was one of the only Marvel trilogies that got better and better, yes. or at least expanded and pushed forth better stories. Exactly. Guardians is the other one that got better and better. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no, like, first one was really good, and the second one was all right. Yeah. You know, like, Avengers 1 and 2. Avengers 2 is still a really good movie. It is. It's just... It's good. It's just good. It's not like, Like, whoa. it's above the bad ones in the Marvel Universe. That's right. But it's far from the top. Whereas, like, Guardians 2 was so good that I have a hard time picking my favorite out of the two of them. And I edge up the first one simply because that was the first time that you saw anything like that. Yeah. And I have a feeling that I'll have this similar thought process if Deadpool 2 does a similar thing. Because then it'll be like, well, Deadpool 2 was awesome because of this, this, and this. But Deadpool 1 was this because you'd never seen something like that before. Mm. It was just so different. Exactly. You know? So, uh, I don't know. And douchey Keith Russell? Or Kurt Russell? Like Keith, he was, Keith Russell. Yeah, Keith is his brother. <laughs> In some of the scenes um, where it doesn't quite look like Kurt, it's actually his it, it, that, that was Keith. It's his brother. They went the Paul Walker route. They got brothers to step in. That's right. Too yeah. soon. 
I'm not supposed to know about Keith Ruffle. Russell. Russell. <laughs> I can't even. Keith Ruffle. Yeah, Ruffle. Uh, anyway, um, what's next on the list here? Okay, uh, we're, 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 we're keeping with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Theme. Okay, um, concept artist Sandy Park, who yep. does all the Marvel movies, yep, right? Yep. Who versus there is a Marvel comic book artist. And consistently really good. Very good it's artist. A lot of the, the designs, costume designs, have been really, really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. And this is one of those cases. He just revealed on Instagram his original look for um, Gamora in Volume 2. Okay. And he went for a more comic accurate look. Right. So, did you see this yet? No, but so, I heard about this. Okay, so he went hooded. Yeah, see, and that, and that would have worked really good. So for those listening, go check out Andy Park's um, Instagram page. You'll see what we're talking about. Those watching, I'll throw up and scream here somewhere. Yeah, it's so, um, I'll do this, and that's where the bam. <laughs> I love this. With the yeah, book. I actually really do. I like that, uh, and that's one of the things I like about the Guardians movie is that they, they kind of skewed more towards that most recent, mm -hmm. uh, like the An Annihilation run. Right. Where it was a bit more militaristic. Yeah. You know, but then kind of put their own spin on this. So I think that would have been uh, a perfect little look, even though, uh, I mean, the only thing that I don't like, and this is funny because it's been two movies now, is that Drax doesn't wear a fucking shirt. Still not wearing that shirt. You know, <laughs> I mean, like. I mean. I, okay, like I, I get it. Maybe we're in the future now because we now we know he has sensitive nipples. I would cover those bitches up. Yeah, no kidding. Do something. But like, <laughs> I mean, like they're that bad, man. Jeez. That's right. That's right. But uh, um, you know what? Like I mean, with the the other thing I have to say that I really like about the Guardian series is that it is tied, sort of, kind of tied to the other movies, right? But it's its own universe. You know what I mean? I like that too. You know. The only, I remember I said this in the, when we watched Guardians, and uh, when the stuff, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Guardians 2, watch it. <clears throat> um, when Keith Ruff, Russell is destroying. He went back. Ruffle. I tried to say uh, Keith on purpose, but I, I said Ruffle. It's so great. You think of it still, right? The Ruffle, the collar? Yeah, yeah that, whatever. Uh, we're going uh, with that? Uh, whatever. Okay. Um, but like when he's destroying Earth, I remember I said, where's the Avengers? Right. That was the only time that I was like, and it made no sense that, like, even if it was happening, like, quick and then it was done, mm -hmm. there was nothing. You didn't see, like, Iron Man fly or anything. I thought that as well, but then James Gunn kind of said something uh, along the lines that the Guardians movies, the whole trilogy, take place before Infinity War. Okay. So now the whole trilogy is taking before Infinity War, where is the first and the second movie take place? You know what I mean? Like, did those take place before Avengers? Before okay. there was even an Iron Man flying around? Because now, with, with, <laughs> now, their, with their inclusion in Infinity War, like, this is, it's it's an odd timeline. But if you look at, because they make a point of showing you uh, 1985 or whatever. That's right, that's right. And then her. they actually say, like, X amount of years afterwards. Yes. And it lines up with the time period in which Guardians came out. That's true. So, so no, I'm going to have to say, uh, call BS on that one. Okay. I think Gunn is trying to, I'm going to speak for him. <laughs> I think he's just trying to like make it so that we don't do that thing where we're like, why is there other Avengers? Right. Like even in this case, we could say, well, obviously the Avengers are disbanded, but then I would say, well, what about Iron Man? Yeah. Like at least Iron Man. It could be anyone, right? I mean, anyone. Now that we know that, 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also takes place. Why S.H.I.E.L.D. agents even? Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sucks. Could it Nick Fury cameo? Could have had him? Something along the lines. Like, yeah, it's not like I needed to have the entire group show up and be like, we're here to save the day. But just something where I could... Because, like, if immediately my thought process is, where are these people? I'm out of the movie. Right. Yeah. No, I hear that. Because um, I thought that as well. But it also happens very quick in the movie. I so know. I, I like to think that hey, maybe Iron Man's flying towards it right now when it stops. Yeah, and I mean, I guess at this point, like, we're gonna just have to leave it at that, because, mm-hmm. I mean... I kind of hope that in Infinity War, they bring up something about that destruction from Guardians 2. That would be a nice touch. At least, because then at least for me, I'd be then like, got that little, okay, alright. Like, Iron Man going, oh, I was going to stop that. And then, like, Thanks have Peter Quill going, like, don't worry, we got it. Yeah, exactly. It's all good, we had it. So, I guess yeah. we'll see how it plays out. I wouldn't mind if, like, they had that sort of, uh, like, Nova in the comic books where he showed up during Civil War Mm -hmm. was basically like, the hell are you guys doing to Earth? And then they're like, yeah, no, but you gotta stay and help us. And then Nova's like, there's more important things up there to deal with. Because I think annihilation was happening during Civil War. Yeah. So I almost kind of think, like, that would be kind of a neat little twist and have Peter Quill just kind of being like, yeah, you're protecting the Earth. We are protecting the galaxy. Right. You know, that kind of thing. A little bit of a snark right back to Tony. That'd be good. I would you like know? that. I, I, I'm looking forward to their chemistry together. It'll be interesting to see, especially because, like, that one and also uh, Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because those two are almost identical. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, Doctor Strange is apparently in um, Thor Ragnarok, which is actually the next thing I'm bringing up. So this would be a good transition. That is actually not a bad um, segue. Not I, I, I wonder. Show. Yeah, no. I wonder if the two of them talking is going to be a lot like when Thor is talking with Iron Man. Tony Stark. Well, I mean, like, because uh, really the only difference is that like uh, Strange is more of a dick. Oh, he's an arrogant piece of shit. Like he's more in your face, whereas yeah. Tony's a bit more like. You're cocky, but you're funny at the same time. Funny yeah. To the point where it's like for a certain people, they might be like. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Whereas with with Strange, you're just like, what a dick. He's such a piece of shit. Oh man. You know, and I know a lot of people didn't like the ending for Doctor Strange, but I actually thought it was kind of nice. Like it was yeah. a refreshing sort. Like yeah, it was that big huge CGI thing. Holy fuck, man! But like at the same, I felt time, like I was watching Spawn again. But at the same <laughs> time, though, it wasn't that big huge battle where you're just like, I don't even know what the hell's going on. I think he's winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just kept redoing the time loop until <laughs> over and over. Yeah. It got, yeah, that was pretty funny. It was an interesting and, uh, take. Some Ant Man humor to it. Yeah, and it, and it was a different uh, different aspect of it. But I mean, even having said that, I still still think Ant Man was better than Doctor Strange. Oh, easily. Visually, Doctor Strange was like crazy awesome. Yeah. You know, and and it should have been like I I was really impressed with that aspect, but the Iron Man retread was disappointing, mm-hmm. and that he's really just a prick, prickier, prickier. He's the the prickliest prick of them all. Pricky, prickliest prick of them all. That's right. <laughs> or I think even Tony might say like, "Oh, that's a dick." I that would actually be funny if he brings that up. So Thor Ragnarok <clears throat> officially projected for a one hundred million domestic opening. Kind of saw that coming with them adding Hulk and everyone in. The film. Now, when you say opening, you're saying opening weekend? Opening weekend, three day opening weekend. 
So um, if memory serves correct, I believe the first Thor made 55, popped up to 85 for Nerd World. They're figuring another 15 on top for Ragnarok. You know what? I, I can see it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to necessarily say opening weekend. For some reason, like I, Thor was the weird one for me. Like I thought he would have been bigger than Captain America. Yeah, same here. Especially, you know, that's Captain America. How's the rest of the world going to Yeah, but granted, they also, they did it in a way where now there's mass appeal. He's not just this, yes, he's patriotic, but ultimately he just wants to do the right thing. That was the whole point why they had the first Avenger as part of the subtitle of the first one. Yeah, exactly. So They can't just release a movie called Captain America to the world. That's right. So, So. uh, but even having said that, I thought, like, okay, well, Thor would have been, like, the one that would be, like, Yeah, and I thought they like, and then yet, every one of the captains. To me, like growing up, better. I had my dad read me his Thor comics. Like Thor was larger than life, man. Like that guy was. Yeah. Those tales, like, so fucking good. Like, and like he read me his Captain Americas and Daredevils and Silver Surfer and everything too. But Thor, like that world. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, and for me, uh, Thor. The only real stuff I got out of Thor was from the Marvel cards mm-hmm. that we had. And then from your dad, because, of course, we go through his comics and stuff. Yeah. So, like, I mean, and he had well, he had the older shit, so... Oh, yeah, you all know, the like, stuff from the 60s. And, of course, the the concept of Thor is out there. Yeah. You know, we're so talking about there. gods. And, gods. They, and, and, like, you know... Apparently aliens. <laughs> I, I do get you a kick. can't call them gods in the movies. I do get a kick how they're, they're skewing... Well, they haven't said they're aliens. They haven't officially, officially, but you might as well. But that's what I mean. Like, they're skewing I mean, it more towards aliens, so it's... Yeah. yeah. I mean... I don't know. I, I do think of 100 million for sure. I don't know if it's first weekend, though. No, okay. Um, Fandango, which is a big fucking ticket yeah. company in the U.S. Yeah. Not in Canada here. Um, they're saying it's projecting ahead of Justice League at the moment. I do... I have to say, though, I do think it gets to 100 million before Justice League. Yeah. If the uh, if that pre critics buzz that happened to Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad hits this one hits Justice League because I mean Snyder did direct ninety percent of this movie yeah okay yeah that ten percent that uh, Whedon has done is not going to change the movie no you know and. Uh, I don't even think it's going to be one of those situations where we'll watch the movie and then we'll go, and that's when Whedon picks up. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be pretty fused in there where we won't really know. Okay. Having said that, I think like if because the the critic backlash is a big reason why Batman v Superman didn't do a billion. Right. Okay. Hundred percent. Granted, the cut that the movie got, the theater cut, wasn't the greatest. Because you watched the uh, unrated one, like the uncut. I version. did. I finally you watched did. the unrated, yes. okay. which was excellent, infinitely better, Way better than the theater. You know, I understand why they cut it down to two and a half hours. Yeah, extra I mean, half who's, hour who's going to watch a three plus hour rated R Batman Superman? Yeah, in the theater, exactly. So, so you know what I mean. But it does flush out everything. It's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suicide Squad unfairly got savaged. Oh yeah. You know, and I mean, like, I know that they were trying to skew it like, hey, this is our version of the Guardians of the Galaxies, and I think that's a, a big reason why they got savaged so badly. Yeah. But, like, that's another movie where 
they cut a lot out. You know, like mm-hmm. there's still that rumored extra bit of Joker from Jared Leto that we haven't seen. Yeah. Um, which I, I want to see. I want to see all of it. You I know. hope an extended cut or, or something is released. You know what I mean? However, if the early reviews are like Wonder Woman, well then Thor doesn't have a chance. Right. Because Wonder Woman, and it's funny because Wonder Woman is a great movie, still has that CGI bad guy that everyone yep. seems to complain about. Mm-hmm. And it was an awesome movie. It was absolutely great. It it's earned every phenomenal. bit, earned every bit of money. Yeah, and it put, and it's funny because like she's now the character that is like the hopeful one. Oh yeah, should have been Superman right from the get go, you know. And then you have like Batman being like the darker sort of in between the two. And Wonder Woman's always been about just love for everybody. Yeah, but now she's the beacon of hope, which is incredible. Little hard for me to swallow because that's you know the Superman role, yeah. but that's amazing that they've now shifted her. And uh, so, like, Superman should have been the Captain America of the franchise, now Wonder Woman is mm-hmm. that's incredible. So, if like I said, if they get that kind of buzz, Justice League will do a hundred million easily, yeah, you know, and probably get ridiculously close to a billion, if not make a billion. If it doesn't get that early buzz, it's not going to... It'll do the 700, 800 million, and that's it. And then Thor will annihilate it. Thor is... It's really tough. I, I think they're going to play really close to each other opening weekend. It'll be interesting. Like I honestly think the two of them are going to finish just mere 5 to 10 million apart from each other. It's going to be so freaking close. Yeah, I guess I really shouldn't be thinking of it like a blowout. Like, not either one is going to blow out. Because, again, we're talking about how Thor isn't the most marketable one. Right. Which is surprising. But also because his movies are now so far in between. Yeah. You know? Way far. Like, Dark World was how long ago? Dark World was before like, this Age is of Ultron. big wait for the third Thor movie. But I, it makes sense because this is apparently probably going to jump right into Infinity War. Which I think actually will work in Thor's favor. Yeah. To be the one that bridges the gap. Um, the movie does look like a lot of fun. It looks you know, I was very skeptical at first. The initial looks. Apparently, you know, like, you cut Thor's hair, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Okay, kind of makes sense. Right. You know, why, you know what really bugs me about it? Like, okay, this is his solo movie. He's got short hair. I can, I can swallow it. What bothers me is now that Infinity War is going to happen. We're finally going to have a movie with all these Marvel people I've always wanted to see. Fucking Thor has short hair. Oh, hold on. You don't think he's going to magically grow his hair back for the... Uh... No, man. Promo shots show him with the short hair. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Then put the helmet on him. I put the helmet on Put the helmet on him. Put the fucking helmet on Out of on. all the guys, yeah. his helmet is the only one that shows the face. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Cap takes the helmet off, I'm okay with that. Same with Iron Man, he pops it up. I'm okay with that. His always had his face showing yeah, anyway. his face is showing. Leave the helmet off. Especially because they showed it in the first movie, and I was like, no way. And then you don't see it until gone. this one. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, all right. And uh, Planet Hulk, or Gladiator Hulk, or whatever they want to call him, um, that's truly, for me, is the, the main pulling point for this movie. For yeah. me. Seeing, well, A, seeing the Hulk right. like this. Even just seeing him being like more uh, coherent, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of hope they explain that a little bit, how he can suddenly talk. I hope so, too. I, th I Honestly, I think it's because he's spending more time as Hulk. Right. And that would make time sense. Banner. Because, I mean, like, up until... I, the way I see it, and obviously I, I don't know, and I won't know until I see the movie, but the way I see it is uh, when Hulk's on this planet, he's probably Banner very sparingly. Because right. the longer he's Banner, you know... The less, the more chance he's going to get injured to some degree. Now, I don't want to say he'll be killed, right? Because they had that he spit the bullet back storyline or, or tidbit in Avengers. But this is a means for survival, yeah. And also, um, you know, just allows him to speed, right? Exactly. Because I mean, yeah, that makes we're, sense. we're yeah. playing him up like he's a stupid, brainless monster, but we, we but know he's he rarely is. ever Hulk in those situations, right? Now he'll rarely be Banner. Right, so it makes sense for him to become smarter as the Hulk. Exactly, exactly. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is an interesting one. Very superhero esque movie news week. Um, Stan Lee wants Leonardo DiCaprio to play him. In I the movie. saw that and did I love it. Did you read about this? I didn't actually. Apparently, read the they're neighbors. The two of them are neighbors. <laughs> um, at Hasbro's Hascon event. Lee was asked who he want to play him in a movie. And he said, I've already discussed it with Leonardo DiCaprio. I think that's awesome. He's a neighbor of mine, and we were talking one day some months ago, and he said, boy, it'd be fun to do your story on screen. I I have to, like, I, all I needed was Stanley biopic. He picks Leonardo DiCaprio. And yeah. I was like, I'm in. Like, so good. Especially because I don't remember the last time I not liked DiCaprio performance because the guy's amazing. Oh, he's fucking astonishing. Stanley's story is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Was it Stan Leibowitz? Yeah, uh, Lieber? I think it's Lieber. Lieber? Lieber. It's Stanley Lieber. Okay. Something like that. Or maybe you're right with. I don't know. Lee is somewhere in there. Either um, way, the story itself is incredible. But I, I, I'm fucking. I'm all over this. Honestly, the rumors of DiCaprio playing like a, a Joker, I kind of hope he, he ignores that and does this biopic, because I would die to see this biopic. Yeah, the multiple Jokers thing that came up recently has been kind of like... Uh, Apparently he's got Jerry Leto, uh, too. And I don't blame him. I mean... I don't blame him It's either. one thing to pass the torch to someone else play Joker, but to well, do this and well... Even, you know, like Michelle was saying, she's like, well, how do you feel about it? And I was like, well, I don't... First of all, I don't feel like we need an origin movie for the Joker. No. Because, like, that uh, character, even after, like, when you watch the original Batman movie with Michael Keaton, that yeah. guy, that character, I don't feel has ever really needed an origin story. I, I like the, uh, oh, you're right, Stanley Martin Lieber. He's Lieber, okay. Um, I like that it's, like, he said in the Alan Moore book, where it's just like multiple choice, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like I was the Red Hood and I fell into a vat of chemicals. Sometimes I feel like I was a failed comedian who got hot with the gangsters. Sometimes I feel like you should ask me how I got my scars. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I like that. I, you know, like even though I really honestly have zero interest to see a Joker origin film. Yeah, like it, zero. You know, you know, Whether I Martin Scorsese like, is attached to it or not, I really don't give a fuck. That's I right. I feel like movie. it's going to rob the character of something. Yeah. You know, 
Batman story is so fundamentally tied to the character that you need that. You don't need to see it in every single movie. No. You don't need to see the origin every single time. No. But I don't feel like we, we need to see a Joker origin movie. What I think, honestly, is DC's doing this spaghetti thing where they're just throwing things and when people get going, hot on something, then they'll go with that. They're, and They're going back to what they were. You, know? like you, you, you got your extended universe now, and yeah, critics aren't loving a lot of it. No. Well, to me, I'm enjoying them. I thought Man of Steel was great. I enjoyed Batman vs. Uh, Superman for what it was. Yes. The unrated cut's a hell of a lot better. Exactly. exactly. Suicide Squad was a shit ton of fun to me. So good. So fun. Largely, and Wonder Woman is, largely because of Harley Quinn, though. Yeah. Harley, Harley was Quinn great. was the, the maker for that movie. Yeah. And then, and then Wonder Woman is just... Mind-blowingly good. To me, Wonder Woman's better than three-quarters of the Marvel movies. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... And, and the other thing that Marvel, or the DC does not get enough credit for is they, they're not, they don't have, like, a movie template that some guys created. Right. And then they just plug in different characters into this template because, like, that's, like, 90% of the Marvel movies mm -hmm. is that template. Yeah. You know, the exceptions will be, well, the Cap series is an exception. The Guardian series is an exception. But other than that, like even Ant-Man, and I liked Ant-Man a lot. We both did. That was surprisingly yeah, good. Surprisingly good. It's still a paint-by-numbers Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's a paint-by-numbers Marvel origin movie to boot. And, you know, Doctor Strange, same thing. And I feel like uh, Black Panther is going to be the same thing. It, uh... Is it, I don't. It's not gonna be an origin story though, is it? Because the kind of unless well, I mean I don't know. I, I'm assuming no, this is taking place after Civil War. It, it's gonna have to, but yeah. I almost feel like there's gonna be elements of before and after. Right. But I, I don't know. But I, I still feel like it's gonna be that template. I'm excited about Captain Marvel's '97. Yeah, interest, so am I. I'm so interested I. to see how I'm, that I'm interested to see that. And one. it makes me wonder: did they did they go the '90s setting after seeing the success of Wonder Woman taking place in the past? Part of me wants to say yes. I, I I don't know, but I mean, it makes sense yeah. that they would sit there and be like, oh, time period? Well, uh, Guardians is kind of hitting the 80s and in space, so why don't we hit this the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're coming up to a, a 90s rebirth type of thing. Yeah. So that's going to gonna be nice. The only problem with that, though, is they have to explain what she's been doing. Yeah, where has she been? In the meantime. Why weren't you involved in any of the Avengers? Why, like... She, she's going to have to be in space. I know that, like, Fury hints at other super beings in Iron Man. Right, yeah. Right, but, I mean, is that really the only way you can get out of jail free? Is by having that blanket sort of vague phrase? Hard to say. But, I mean, at the same time, we'll see. I'm, I'm pumped for it. But, like, uh, getting back to DC, like, they're, they're not really a template movie. I mean, Man of Steel was a template from Batman Begins. yeah. But then Batman v Superman, that's a it's its own beast. Oh, yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? They, they took bits and pieces from different comic stories. Right. Obviously, you get the death of Superman in there. Times two. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> um, you know, and of course you got like uh, Dark Knight Returns, and you've got Doomsday, and and all that stuff. But like, I mean, that was uh, that's a more epic film. Even than a touch of Red Sun. Really? 
How do you feel? Batman's Nightmare thing? That, that was very Red Sun-esque to me. Really? To me it was. Oh. I mean, just from the fact that he's wearing a duster, I guess I can see that. Yeah. Although that did look pretty fucking sweet. Um, Made no sense, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, some of the stuff they're talking about, like, uh, doing Flashpoint in the movies. Oh, already? That was the first thing I thought, too. Um, right away, as soon as it said Flashpoint, I was like, well, there they are writing Ben Affleck out of it. Yeah. But then, like, what go. are we going to do? Are we going to have, uh, what, Jeffrey Keen Morgan be the Batman? Why but not? as Thomas Wayne? The same age as fucking Affleck and... Yeah, even though, like, right now, Affleck's not my favorite Batman. I don't know what they're doing that makes him want to not be a part of this. Or at least appear like he doesn't want to be a part of this to some degree. That to, it I, seems like he it wants seems to. like he wants to be a part of it, and I don't know why other people... You know what? It's Warner listening to the stupid fucking fans. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm that's, saying it. That's got to be it. It's got to be it because, like, Stop really... Stop judging him on fucking Geely from fucking 15 years ago. Like, or even I like mean, Daredevil. Have you seen Argo and the town and Gone Baby Gone? Like the guy, you know, he's Plus, not the like, same Affleck as before. His Batman is really good. And I know I just said like he's not my favorite Batman because he isn't. Yeah. But that's come down to the writing and the direction. Oh. So he did yeah. a really good job considering that this was a very inconsistently written Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, and even like. Uh, Snyder's, as I said before, he's a huge comic book fan and stuff like that. I don't buy that he was a huge superhero fan, though. And even for him to say he was a huge Batman fan, I still don't buy it because, you know, Batman mows down more criminals in Batman v Superman than he did in, I think, the entire six movies beforehand. Yeah. Like, even in the Burton movies, he did kill. He killed, like, two or three guys in both of those movies. We're like looking at 25, almost 30 people that he kills. And I'm not talking about the nightmare scene. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, that's an Elseworlds type thing or a possible future, right? Yeah. That's a different scenario. I'm talking about the actual movie that happened. That's 30 people that he either intentionally killed or inadvertently killed. And those are both two big no's. Even though, and we'll talk about the Nolan Batman and how he. Didn't yeah. save people and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, today we're doing the Nolan Batman, but yeah, no, we're definitely going to talk about the DC Extended Universe in the future. I yeah, think, so like, I won't get too far into it, because obviously um, we, we only have so much time, but like, but that's a prime example where, um, and say it's the same thing with Joker, Jared Leto's Joker. I can't really judge them on their Batman merits, because we haven't seen too much of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. You can't really say much seen a whole movie of, uh, of Affleck's Batman. It was really good for what it was, which I didn't feel was a good Bruce Wayne or a good Batman. Hey, look at that. Mood lighting. I like it. There it is. But you know what I mean? Like, in my opinion. Yeah. You know? And of course, once we get to the Nolan Batman, you'll see why I feel that way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to sum it up, I feel like DC is unfairly getting slammed. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I agree. I... You know, I, I honestly believe Rotten Tomatoes is the worst thing to ever happen to movies. I, I actually have to agree. I have to agree. Ever. Because now no one will watch a movie and make their own opinion. That's they right. They will look at Rotten Tomatoes and go, oh, got a splat? Fuck that. I'm not watching it. That's right. Watch the movie make your own opinion. Yeah, exactly. I, we I, don't I, have to I, be in this situation where we don't, where it's okay not to think for yourself. Yeah. Okay? 
Yeah, you know, back for the internet, that's what people did. They talked to themselves. Yeah, we Crazy. watched the movie and we said, hey, either yay or nay, and that was that. Exactly. You know? I mean, look at back in the day, in the in the 90s, we watched Fight Club. First time, I did not like Fight Club. Yeah, I remember that. Second time, I, I loved Fight Club. Once I opened my mind to what this really is. Matrix. Matrix. Prime example, I didn't like the first time around. Right. I loved the fight scenes, but the actual movie I didn't like because I watched Dark City first. Exactly. Right. Now, I'll tell you right now that The Matrix is actually infinitely better than Dark City. Mm -hmm. Across the board, even if you take out the insane fight scenes, yeah. the storylines are so similar, but it is better across the board. Mm -hmm. you know? But that's just how it was at the time. I was like, uh... Now imagine having Rotten Tomatoes today, back then. Yeah. These movies, like, Fight Club I would have saw 90%, and I probably would have just said I loved it the first time because everyone else loves it. That's right. You, would, you wouldn't want to admit that, uh, hey, maybe I didn't understand it, or maybe I didn't really get what they were going for. Yeah. You know? And these days, I really, I really don't care what anyone thinks about my opinions. That's just it. To me, Tom Cruise's The Mummy, which has like a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, I enjoyed more than Get Out, which is the highest rated movie of the year. Really? Yes. Okay, but I haven't seen either movie yet. Uh, okay, well, I'm not, gonna get, I'm, not gonna, I'm, not, I'm not going to get into anything. But, no, but I see your point. Get Out, point. Baby Driver, like these are the highest rated movies of the year. I heard Baby Driver. Spider-Man Homecoming. I find all these movies overrated to me. I will admit, actually, with Spider-Man Homecoming, and I did like that, and I do think that, obviously, we'll get to that movie. Yeah, I mean, like, we're going way off topic. But way off topic. Where, we started with fucking Leonardo DiCaprio playing Stan Lee, and we got into all of this. I, I, Episode one of a million, There you go, baby. everyone. Episode this is one our conversations. All right, yeah, well, you know what? We'll touch upon all this stuff, I, mean, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. Think for yourself. That's the main point. Think, Think for yourself. Yeah. And then, you know what? Watching this on YouTube, comment down below. Yeah. And uh, feel free to call me a dick. I don't care. And, don't uh, call me a dick though, or a troll. I uh, I don't want to. I don't want to no troll. I'm an ogre. You are though. <laughs> the ogre. You are. Um, okay, uh, let's, let's let's flip to this. Um, David Harbor. The first image of him is Hellboy. Yeah. I I like David Harbor. Again, I thought that was great. Again, casting. everyone, just go check this out. So Jesus get, Christ. There you go. And you know what? Like I thought the original one. He looks very much like Ron Perlman in a lot of ways. He does, but you know what I like, though, is that they got rid of all those weirdo Tattooed markings. things, and says he's got a shit ton of veins and scars. Yeah, but, because uh, it's not like Perlman's uh, Hellboy didn't look at all remotely close. He was pretty much bang on. Yeah. You know, but this is... This, this just from this image, darker tone, 100%. Yeah. You can tell... But that's the thing, like... Hellboy 1, I think, is the better of the two because it wasn't as slapstick as the second one. Yeah. You know, the second one was clearly the studio trying to say, hey, we need more kids watching this movie. This also intrigues me, too, because, like, no way in hell is David Harbour this ripped. So, that's some very good um, prosthetics. I guess say two things. First, he's a Hollywood actor, so he has the time. But you think he had the time to get that large also, from, from Stranger Things? He's a Hollywood actor, so they don't care about steroids. There you go. Okay, that's one of the big rumors with Hugh Jackman. I, I will say, if that is his natural bo body and the amount of time he had to build that, I would be fucking impressed. Well, I mean, you look at Hugh Jackman. I know the easy answer is to say like he has steroids, and I just kind of said like they they they've hinted heavily that it is steroids. Yeah. 
but it's also I've seen the workouts that have been listed for him. I've seen the amount of food that he is like quote unquote eating. You're gonna get ripped. Yeah, he actually gave the rock his diet that made him ripped. Like those are the size I'm of his the not ruling out that the rock's on steroids either. I mean, but the size of him today has a lot to do with what Hugh Jackman told me. I know. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I mean like if Hugh Jackman can do it, he was really just a stage dancer, Broadway guy. I know. <laughs> to the point where, like, and I'm not even kidding, like, you see him in Kate and Leopold, and you're like, okay, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you look at him in Wolverine, and you're like, no fucking way, I don't want any problems with that guy. Yeah. I know. Not even close. It's crazy how big he got. So, so yeah, no, that he looks awesome as Hellboy. And I'm, I'm pumped for that. I'm actually surprised they went with a reboot for that. And I'm glad they did. I, I don't know what that was. You know, the lights went out, and now the podcast stopped, and... It's Annabelle from The Conjuring. Is that what it is? That bitch. Fuck. Creepy little dolls. I think that's their new uh, universe, right? So it's Annabelle. It's yeah. the the husband and wife paranormal investigator yeah. team. Yeah. And it's the nun. The nun now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Other cinematic universe. Can't just do stories anymore. That you didn't even want. I know, that's right. It's yeah. all... You're right, like we didn't even need to have a cinematic universe for this. But... Yeah, it just happened. Just well, like... I, went like... I guess that's kind of how they should play out, you know? If it happens, it happens. Don't, don't fucking that's right. kick it off. Expecting... Like John Wick and John Wick 2. Yeah. John Wick happened. Amazing. Just enough for you could say that they left it where you could do a one and done, mm-hmm. or you could do a sequel. Exactly. Then they did a sequel. Granted, in the sequel, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. They kill him off. Uh, no chance for a third movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, John Wick! Even though you know there is a John Wick 3. You have to watch John Wick 2, though. Does John Wick, does he end up on a bus with a bomb? No. Because it'd be really cool no, to tie it. No, it... To speed. No, he. No? What happens is, is he joins a bunch of surfboarders, and they rob banks. Did he take the red or the blue pill? I, I guess we'll just have to watch the movie to find out. You have to watch John Wick too. I'm, uh, I'm honestly, man, it's on my shelf at home. I'm frankly disappointed it. in you. I'm, I'm disappointed myself. Anyway, okay, so. Okay, so you know what? We're gonna skip it. Okay, just okay. We'll, we'll talk about. I'll just say quickly. Um, Drew Goddard, or yeah, the director of Kevin Woods, and the creator of Netflix is Daredevil. He's doing the X Force film. That's huge news. So, That's huge news. That's exciting. News. That's I, actually... I would love to dive into that. <laughs> we have no wow. time. We have no time. So uh, we're on the clock here. Um, but then, but anyways, again, like, this is the first episode, so we're just ironing out the kinks. Anyway. Yeah, they'll never get ironed. <laughs> Who wants to iron? No. We'll have two episodes for each part. <laughs> uh, but it's been confirmed that Deadpool Cable will be an X-Force. Of course. Most likely Domino as well. As they and should. Oh, I really real quick, real quick. X-2-3. You didn't like the color swap on Domino. I think it works. No, is that, no, no, no. No, I didn't like the, the, the eye. It's the eye that bugs me. I don't mind it. I, I'm fine. That's with what I mean. Like I'm black. talking about both oh. color swaps. How she's. I'm, like, no, I'm fine with her being a black woman. I just the color of the around the eye. But that's like, what just, I was getting skin at. Pigment. Whether yeah. or not she's black or white, I'm actually glad that they switched it so that it's when she was pale, pale white, mm-hmm. and it was black. I thought that was awesome. To do the reverse, I think makes sense. Yeah, I just wish it was makeup around her eye, not like an actual 
Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's alright. I'm fine with an afro dominos. I mean, just. Well, I guess that's right. We gotta be careful what uh, words we use to describe race and gender. Yeah. I don't know if afro domino is (laughs) acceptable. (laughs) Well, her name's Domino. She has an afro. Domofro! Domofro! We're probably never going to get past episode two. No, that's it. Watch, the podcast is going to crash again any second now. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Don't care about that. Don't care about that. Destiny 2 is now out for gamers. Who gives a shit? Um, Yeah, I I don't. But, I mean, for gamers, you know, whatever. I mean, hey, 75% of uh, the gamers in the world are probably going to play it and waste Thousands Hopefully of hours of your life. it's the game that they wanted in the first place. I hope so. If you're a Destiny fan, I hope you enjoy it. Because I read the reviews and not a lot of people were happy with the original Destiny. No. It took the, like, I think two downloaded content. I mean, a lot of people were expecting, oh, Halo. I also think Without a lot of people were expecting a, a full game. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a broken half game that you paid <laughs> price on. That's what you get these days. Broken half games are the best. But that's the thing that actually, we'll do this real quick. Video games right now piss me off because we've allowed it to be acceptable for us to pay top dollar for a broken game. Right. We are idiots. It's our fault that we've said it's okay to release a game like Street Fighter 5. Right. Which was like half complete and then you buy the rest of it. I think it was a quarter complete but you paid $70 $70 for a quarter complete game. And then buy everything else. And then everything else so comes essentially out. Essentially like a $200 to $300 game. Here. Like you look at The Witcher, you paid 80 bucks, and I think every single download of content on it was free. I think some of it was, uh, well, they had a big update. I think, but yeah, but I... I but I, nevertheless, I, the game itself is like 100 plus hours for $70. You spend $70, I think if at most they asked for another 20 and that was it. Yeah. Something like that. So Again, I didn't play Witcher 3. I never played either. I don't have 100 hours to play games anymore. I don't. I don't either. Like, when they say, hey, you know, this game's uh, 8 I hours. Say that. I this... shouldn't say that. It depends on the game. Because I didn't think I had enough time to put into Red Dead Redemption. After playing it for 2 hours, I put in the time. Yeah, okay. And I put 40 hours into Africa. So there you go. You know, take pictures of animals. is very ridiculous. But that's, that's just it, right? Like, you yeah. never know what is going to be the game that you decide, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do a Red right. Dead Redemption? Awesome. Yep. So good. Every now and then it happens. Yeah. I so. mean, yeah. So, so yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite comes out next week and has none of the X-Men, go Marvel. Um, <laughs> going on. <clears throat> the SNES Classic is hitting stores on September 29th. It will not reach Thunder Bay, though. Nintendo is asking fans... Do not go to eBay to buy this. We are making money. So okay. they've learned from their past mistakes, so much so that they're also re-releasing the classic NES. Oh, see, that's good news. That's good so, news. So there you go. Don't go I'm gonna have support to the sculptors. Yeah. Um, and the SNES, Super Nintendo, is going to include Star Fox 2. I know. I, I it's saw never list. been released. I saw the list of games. So, I, like, I can't believe this. This is awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, this just happened today, which will be, you know, by the time you listen to this, days ago. But That's right. at this moment, today, Bruce Straley, co-director of The Last of Us and Uncharted 4, has left Naughty Dog. Check the audio, because we just had lights turned back on. Um, yeah, no. Podcast still working. Excellent. Okay. 
Um, so you, you haven't talked about Hugh Jackman and drugs yet, so. <laughs> or so, The Rock. Okay, or The Rock, yeah. The Rock being on roids <laughs> is apparently too, too touche. Yeah, he's left Naughty Dog. Um, Interesting. He calls it the kennel. He's left the kennel after 18 years of being there. He took a break. He took a break. He's not co-directing The Last of Us Part Two, so he took a break and he decided, hey, I'm enjoying this more. I'm leaving Naughty Dog, so. Oh, so he's just done. He's done. As of now, he's done with everything. He might end up with another studio one day, but uh, as of now, I'm pretty sure he's done. It's not like the uh, Hideo Kojima, Konami, like, go fuck yourself bullshit. Best of luck, Bruce. Thanks for The Last of Us, one of my favorite games ever. And Uncharted 4, the most disappointing Uncharted game. Um, Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I haven't played it. Don't tell me anything about it. I will at one point play it. But it's hard to follow up Uncharted 4. Nathan dies. Um... Why would you do that? John Wick didn't die. I just said he did. I Who mean, said they did actually die? You just did. But you said John Wick died. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really die. The dog died. Oh, it's called Pete Sam. I know. I know. All right. But anyway, so. Uh, trophies and achievements are probably going to be coming to Nintendo Switch. Nice. Nintendo, you know, get in with the times. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that right at launch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy 25th anniversary to Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Re-release the whole series. Re-release the on whole Blu-ray. series on Blu-ray. I will buy it. Yep. Okay. I don't. You can even put like a three hundred dollar price tag on it. I will buy it. Mm, you would. You gonna buy it for three hundred? I would. Don't tell me you would. Let's go halfers on. You would. You just wouldn't tell. We wouldn't tell our wives okay. what we spent. We'll go halfers on. Shared custody every second week. Because I was mad when they had like, uh, like forty episodes on Netflix and then gone. I gone. I know. They I weren't just, in any I just started watching particular them. order either. But, but they were there. that entire series, I will buy it because that was amazing. In fact, I realized as I was watching the Nolan Batman's over again that this Batman, the animated Batman, is probably the closest to my ideal Batman. Yeah? Probably the closest. Because you had the globe-trotting Batman, mm-hmm. you had the detective, mm-hmm. you had the ass-kicker, mm-hmm. you had the tortured man-child... Who never really grew up. Oh, is that one of your favorite parts about Batman? Is, no, is but, that's a, but that's an element of him. Right, yeah. They, and they do touch upon it in the Nolan stuff, where he's just... They really honestly touch upon everything. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and then, of course, you had the excellent Alfred. You know, you did a, you had a really good updated uh, Dick Grayson. The Catwoman tape was great. Mm-hmm. Penguin, Joker, all of these things came from that show. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing. Especially because you watch uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker, and then you look at Mark Hamill's Joker, very close. And yet, for some reason, Hamill's Joker is way more sinister. Still good. Plus, from that show, we got The Mask of Phantasm, which is the best Batman movie ever exactly. made. Exactly! There you so go. So good. Best Batman movie ever made. So good. <clears throat> and all these other shows spun out of it. The Batman Superman show, and Batman Beyond, and I love Batman Beyond. Superman. Superman. Justice League. Like, so much spun out of that. Like, it's incredible. And, and I mean, like, Hamill and Conrad doing the Batman Arkham games, like, that's like 25 years of pretty much non-stop animated series. Exactly. Influence. Exactly. Um, and, like, uh, Paul Dean. Yep. And Bruce Timm. Bruce Timm. Revolutionary stuff. Mm-hmm. You would never have thought that a cartoon about Batman would have been so influential. Even the style, the Art Deco style. Oh man, I got to see Bruce Tim draw in person, 
stood over him while he and, and like it's like I can't even explain like and same with Eric Larson when I saw him in Toronto. I have you seen him actually draw before? Yeah, actually, he, like he holds a pencil I, like exactly, all like, like twisted all, handed. And, was it twenty? Because I'm old. Twenty years ago, I came across like. I think it was literally just one of those like uh, image type, like these are the guys from Image, and this kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like blown away by how he held it. I know. And then was able to draw. And you're just like, what the fuck? James like took a video. He's like, that guy's gonna have the worst carpet on in the world. I, I bet he doesn't. I bet you he like I I, I... yeah. It's it's and nuts. Even for the signatures, by the way, uh, your comic book side will get to you soon. Um. Yeah. But this is actually a, a perfect segue because I was going to ask you what you think about Savage Dragon Moon that you're on. I like the idea. I really do like the idea. Um, it's one of those... Uh, it, it calls attention to Canada mm-hmm. in a really good way. Yep. It also calls attention to Savage Dragon. Okay, Because this is a good book that's not always high up on the radar. In fact, it's usually on the lower end of the radar. Yeah. Okay? Um... But also, at the same time, it's just classic Eric Larson. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Uh, like, politics has always influenced the book in some way or form. On the big he issues, yeah. a lot yeah. of Obama like issues. He, he admittedly has said before he doesn't like to do it too much, but when he feels strongly about an issue, he's going to talk about it in his book because his book is a reflection of his life anyway. And as, as someone who lives outside the U.S., how do you feel reading those issues? I haven't read them yet. You haven't read the, the Obama issues? Well, the Obama issues, okay, yeah, like, I've read those. Well, you haven't read the Trump ones yet, obviously. No, I have not read But the, the Obama ones, ones Reno's. knows, I mean, obviously he was all pro-Obama, but was it strange as a Canadian to read that? No, like, because... see your favorite book really dive into the politics that you have no, to do No, 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 because, like, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually, like, I do follow politics to a degree. I'm not a political expert by any means, Yeah. but I do follow the politics, be- and especially, like, American politics, because... I mean, it influenced Canada. Whether people want to admit it or not, it influences Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay? 100%. Um, so, I feel like it's smart for Canadians to actually look at what's going on in in the world, too, but in American politics, because, you know, like, especially, I'll use Trump as an example. Looking at Trump, you know, I'm glad that at least we have a liberal government that will go head-to-head against a very, very conservative government that uh, it won't be the buddy-buddy partnership that it was like with Stephen Harper and George W. Bush because those were both super conservatives, right? Um, You know, and I mean, like, as much as everyone wants to talk about how, like, uh, um, Trudeau hasn't, you know, done everything he has set out to do and I'm admittedly not exactly as happy with what we've gotten from him as Prime Minister, at the same time, it could be a whole lot worse. We could have a Prime Minister that is glorifying hate crimes and making it seem like it's okay to be a bigoted racist, yeah. to be a sexist, homophobic pig. You know? So I'm... So it doesn't bother me. It doesn't throw me for a loop when I come across that stuff in, in comic books. Yeah. At all. Um... In some cases, I welcome it. Like in a book like Savage Dragon, I feel like it's uh, it has its place because that skews to an older audience. A book like, say, Batman or Spider Man, I don't think you should do that because that skews to a more general audience. 
Okay. I don't that makes think, sense. Because, like, a 10-year-old kid can start flipping through Batman, and no one's going to flip, like, blink an eye. No one's going to be like, whoa, you can't read that. But now he might be, be coming across stuff that his 10-year-old brain might be able to go, like, put the wheels together, but maybe not understand it on the level that he should. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, it's kind of like how I feel about sex and comic books. I almost feel like I don't really need to ever even mention it because they're fictional characters. They're mm-hmm. not really having sex, okay? But like in a book like Spider-Man or, or Batman or whatever, less need to do that. But again, with Savage Dragon or other books like that, like Invincible, for instance, you can yep. go that route because they skew to a more adult audience. Mm-hmm. You know? They're not afraid to go places. Right, other but also... Books will not go near. But also, it's not so much that they're not afraid, it's the core audience is older. So it's like... Um, it's like having your 10-year-old kid watch Sopranos. Yeah. You know, you're less likely to do that because of the content in there. You know, even if he's a really smart 10-year-old, you're still going to be like, let's hold off on this. Yeah. Right? So that that's kind of where I feel like that. So in a book like Savage Dragon, it's not as jarring. If all of a sudden, say, Spider-Man started to do that, or Superman, I'll even say Superman, I'll be like, I don't know if that's really the, the book to... To have your platform, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Um, well, I don't read Savage Dragon. And the books that I read, politics don't really affect them that much. I mean, uh, Invincible. Which is strange, because Invincible and Savage Dragon apparently are in the same universe. Right. crossovers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the president and stuff like that never really comes up in Invincible. That's true. So... And then, well, you know, like Invincible, Wolverine, and X Men, like that's always been my thing, and mm. so I've never really had to deal with that. Whereas, to a degree, though, because X Men is surprisingly political. It is to a degree, but it's fiction most of the time, right? It's not. It's a huge not, allegory it's not really for race relations. Into the real world. It's a huge allegory for race relations, though. Yeah, one hundred percent for that stuff. But like you're not going to see, political. you're not going to see Trump. Like, like when Savage Dragon comes up in the news. Very often, it's like something with Obama or That's Trump, right. or like I'm never. No, I, I understand. What X, you're X Men pops up every day, you know. Like seven, when Seth Reagan comes up, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Oh, he's moving Toronto. Okay, it's oh Trump. Yeah. No, okay. You're right. Yeah. So, I just want to see how you felt, but I mean, you haven't read the Trump issues yet, so no. I thought it was pretty cool, and actually, I, I actually idea. said to I said Eric Larson, welcome to the the future home of Seth Reagan. <laughs> and he was like, you know, I still live in Oakland, California, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, shut up and sign the covers for like, my buddy. Enjoy sitting down here in this basement for four days signing, <laughs> yeah. signing books <laughs> and talking to weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, I guess we'll wrap up uh, yeah. by saying rest in peace to Lampine. Yeah. The yeah, creator I, of Wolverine. Co-creator of Wolverine. Right. My favorite <clears throat> hero, obviously. Yep. Swamp Thing. And uh, the writer of Giant Size X-Men, so in that case, creator of Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler Storm, Storm, Colossus, Colossus um, Warpath, or Thunderbird. He was Thunder, Thunderbird. Thunderbird in that issue. Yeah. yeah. Banshee. Banshee, that's right. So, and I of mean. of course, uh, old Wolverine was in that one, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, like, I mean, not as near and dear to my heart, but, I mean, I, I obviously hope, like, thoughts and prayers for everyone involved. Yeah. Because it's just, you never want anyone to go. Ever. Yeah. You, oh, you um, want them around forever. Actually, I read a very interesting interview with Chris Claremont today, with uh, who's talking about 
the Wolverine, the first Wolverine movie. So I guess he's talking about X-Men Origins. Anyways, um, Hugh Jackman brought Lenguin as his guest. And while he was on stage, he, he brought Lenguin onto the stage and told everyone, I wouldn't have a career today without this guy because Wolverine made my career. Yeah. <clears throat> so like, I like... And very, stuff like that. Cool, where I'm like, very cool touching stuff. But I, I like, that's just Hugh Jackman. That's Hugh Jackman. I mean, he's like, just, <laughs> the fact that Hugh Jackman, like, you Don't know Hugh Jackman is heartbroken. <laughs> you, you know that he's heartbroken, that yes. he physically feels like he cannot yeah. do that character justice anymore. Right. And because he said countless times, I mean, that character has brought him so much. Everything. You know, everything. I mean, I never, I never knew who he was when X Men came out. No, me neither. Me neither. Some like soap star from Australia. And I remember okay. thinking, like, well, he's not like a five foot three midget. What? Like, that's yeah. not Wolverine. Oh, midget's not a good word. Uh, I guess if you're, you're short. You're you five can, feet, so you can use yeah. it. Yeah. And I did say five foot three midget, so that's three inches on me. More than three, because <laughs> I'm just under five. You give you but, some stilts, though. But regardless, yeah. you know, like it, when you're so into the comic books, and if it's not exactly like the comic books, then you think, oh, it's going to be garbage. But, yeah. like, he embodied that role. Oh. You know, it's so good. I'm gonna. I'm honestly gonna miss him as Wolverine. Yeah, um, I do think that it would be smart if they waited a while to actually cast Wolverine. I, I think they should just. They got Deadpool now, and I honestly think Cable should bring X two three into that universe. From but that's what I mean. Use X two three as the buffer for when they recast yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, I think there's no reason to go near Wolverine for quite a while. Yeah. I, I feel the same way, because I, I felt like that with uh, Leto's Joker. I felt like it was too soon. Yeah. Because we didn't need it. He, yeah, there's no reason for him to be in Super Size Squad. Didn't, uh... Mm, uh not necessarily. Not, not as overtly. Could, it could have been in passing. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But, so, but that's that. So. so that's that. So that is the Geek Cap. Went longer than I was expecting. Yeah, but that's we'll, okay. We'll thin it down. That's okay. Well, we'll I don't know. Will we? I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like, All I know is I hope that the lights stay on next time, and I hope the fucking podcast. Works oh next man, time. yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Even though I mean, like the lights are buzzing and annoying as shit. So yeah, and shutting off for a bit was kind of nice. Yeah, it bothers you more than it bothers me. Yeah. Oh. And you don't hear it. I hear it. It's the perfectionist like, in me going. When you I'm call attention to, to it, yeah. I'm when you call attention to it, then I hear it. No, I'm gonna be listening like, oh, to this later, and okay. I'm gonna have to pull out that buzzing somehow. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. So that's that. So uh, the geek cap has been capped. Oh. That's uh, that's for your dad. Set. That's yeah, for my dad. <laughs> Good old dad jokes. <laughs> he was doing dad jokes before dad jokes were a thing. <laughs> So, so, we're going to head into uh, Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, going back into those movies, it's not like I ever go too far without watching them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I go through stretches where it begins is like, you know, the pass-out movie when I've had a couple of beer. And the same with Dark Knight and stuff like that. So, I, it's always relatively fresh in my brain. Right. But I do, like, this was actually kind of interesting to look at it from a different perspective. Not so much from a review perspective, because I really feel like we're just going to be talking about what we liked and didn't like, not necessarily reviewing it. But, I mean, with Begins and Dark Knight, hard to find stuff I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I watched all three again last week, 
and it, it's been a couple years since I've watched them. So, and I don't think I've actually ever watched all three in a row. I don't think I've actually done that. I've never done that. So I've never done that. It was. It, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed taking three nights in a row, one each night. Watched all three. Um, Batman Begins is the best live action Batman movie ever. To me. Yeah, I was going to say, like, for me, Dark Knight. Dark Knight is Joker's movie to me. It's more his than Batman. Yeah, no, and I agree, but I think that's mainly because we have to establish Joker. Mm -hmm. You know, and every other sequel does this. We've already established the main guy in the first movie. So every other second movie is now we establish the big bad guy. We spend more time doing that. So I understand where you're coming from, but I feel like at least it's not like uh, Tim Burton's Batman, where that was a Joker movie more than anything. Oh, yeah. It I mean, was almost like, that was a Joker movie. You know what I mean? And no, like, I'm I mean, not Batman... trying to bash Michael Keaton or, or anything like that, because, like, Keaton was my Batman for the longest time. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was Keaton and uh, uh, Conroy, like head to head, and Keaton got the uh, the edge because he was live action. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. You see live actions, yeah, especially as a kid. Then I mean, superhero movies were not really around. Yeah, but then now with like with Batman Begins, and it was just like this is a whole different ballgame. Oh yeah, you know, and so uh, so yeah, I, like I, I I agree with you in that regard, but I do feel that uh, they do literally two sides of the same coin in Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. It is even all the way through. Like coin, two-faced. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, I was also going to say like Dark Mirror. Or Black Mirror. No, Dark Mirror, just in terms of the duality. Oh, okay. Because, I'll say, actually I'll save that, because that was one of the things I wrote down and I was like, I'm going to save it for Dark Knight. Cause I, really like, gonna, I really like this, but like... Uh, wrote a full essay on but we'll do, uh, okay, but like, I'll start with like Begins, or you'll start with Begins. Like, no, you go for it, go for it. But. With Begins, um, I always, every time I watch that movie, I always go back to the first time we were in the theater watching it, and you and I both were just sitting there with just like these big, huge smiles, because, mm -hmm. you know, this was nothing we'd seen before, and, no. yet, and yet felt like the Batman that we grew up with, yeah. you know, like, I loved that... Uh, they did it where they literally took us from, uh, like they showed that quick scene with uh, with Rachel, mm -hmm. you know, where he falls and his dad's like, "Why did we fall?" You know, so we can learn to pick ourselves back up and again, I, I love that which is too. such an amazing line. Yeah. Um, and and then of course it ties into the overarching like overcoming your fears thought process, which you know, like it doesn't matter if this is superhero or not. That's a incredibly powerful message mm -hmm. and I love that Batman's the vehicle that they're using to get that message across um, but then you immediately jump to him in the prison and he's like bearded up he's disheveled he's in a prison you know and you're like what the fuck is Bruce Wayne doing in prison I know you know and then oh wait a minute because he's traveling the globe he's doing the thing that we heard about we never really actually got to see unless you read a couple of comic books with uh, Henry Ducard back in the 70s, or vague references to other things. Yeah. You know, they always yeah. said, but you never you never got to see it. So we almost took it for granted. But now we got to see it, which was, like, I remember both of us, they were like, oh, oh, you know? Um, and even, like, the first meeting with the, 
Ducard, which I thought was great because that's um, one of those minor bad minor guys they talked about in the seventies. I think uh, pre-crisis they talked about that that character, but then post-crisis they never mention him again. They almost never do. So I like that they had that. And then being the flip that he's actually Razal Ghul was just amazing. Yeah. And okay, so because we've watched it enough times, mm-hmm. do you realize how dumb it is that we looked at Liam Neeson with Razal Ghul's fucking facial hair and went, "Oh, he's Ducard." Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's Razal Ghul. Oh, didn't see that coming. You know, I mean, the fake out with Ken Watanabe was great, um, like really great, but like. To go that route, to take him from, you know, the kid, he lost his parents, to even show the part where he's going to kill Joe Chill, mm-hmm. you know, which was, like, they did uh, some different things with Bruce and with Batman that I never would have thought of, but I really liked what they did. Yeah. I liked that Katie Holmes, or well, Rachel, was the one who was like, your father would be disappointed with you. Like slaps the shit out of him. Yeah. And those are real slaps because you can see the handprint. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was just like, oh, man. And then that's what starts him on his path to become Batman, whether he realizes it or not at the time. But I was just like, oh, oh. Like, the opening sequence right up until he leaves, uh, well, they don't call it Nanda Parvet, but it's Nanda Parvet, uh, is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Visually gorgeous. Visually gorgeous. I mean, like, the and the music. After watching that trilogy, Hans Zimmer's score is the best superhero movie score ever. Yeah, it's disappointing that Batman v Superman is his last one. Yeah, and that was an amazing score, too. The way he took the, the, the three themes for each character and just fashioned together, and I guess Junkie XL did that one with him. Yeah. But... but Oh, that guy can compose a super. I know. Like, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna really good. miss him from the genre. That's probably <laughs> gonna be my next phase for when I'm driving is listening to the <laughs> nice. Hans Zimmer, it's like Nolan stuff. All but like, um, I say like right up to the point where he comes back to Gotham mm-hmm. because, because after he gets to Gotham, there's none of this like flashbacks or anything like that. It's just now this is the movie. Yeah, you know which. Was like watching it again. I like that because it's like chapter one, boom. You know, we do the back and forth and we jump around and stuff like that. We fuck with time, uh, but then chapter two, and we feel like okay, so he's pretty close. But chapter two is now, hey, I'm gonna be Batman now. You know, which I got a kick out of seeing him pour over the costume. You know, like yeah. inch every inch of that costume is explained. You know, and it's one of those where. I never thought like it needed to be explained, but when they did, I was like, okay, all right. I was, yeah. You know, like it reminded me of a couple of those like backup inserts where they would show the utility belt. Right. And they would show all the things that are in the utility belt, you know, or that like on the inside of his costume, he's got like a piece of wire so that he can pick locks and stuff like that. Like all these things where you're just like, you never need it because you're a kid and you just accept that he's Batman and he can do everything and anything. But when they explain it and it makes sense, you're like, okay, all right. And for Nolan, who's not a comic book fan, and for Bale, who's not a comic book fan. I know. For them to actually be able to, not so much Bale, like Bale just got the role, 
and understood the character. Because mm-hmm. really, if you think about it, he's basically playing Patrick Bateman. Essentially, yes. You know. He really is. You know, so that's not too far of a stretch for him. He makes it amazing. I think this is his best role, period. Okay. But for Nolan to be able to look at that and go, ah, oh, okay. And then come up with his own version of Batman. Because it is his own version. That's why we call it the Nolan Batman. Or the Nolan verse, so to speak. And that's why I feel like as much as we would have loved to have Bale side by side with Cavill, side by side, side with Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. it doesn't work because that character is more grounded than any of these other ones. So that's why I kind of give Bat, 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 Batman a pass because it's a bit more cartoony, but it almost needs to be to fit into that world. See, now, it's funny how they, they could have they could have said this was part of that series. They could have. Ben Affleck plays an older Batman years down the road. Like, those three movies could have happened but this fast. That's useless. Like, they didn't need to do that. No, but, I mean, they could have. Yeah, they could have. I so, agree. I'm glad to. Because together, the three stand alone so well on their own. I mean, each movie, Dark Knight Rises, obviously, the weakest of the three now. And I say that now. Yeah. You know, like, my opinion of the three has flip-flopped all over, over the years. Yes, it has. Mine has been pretty consistent. Mine has been. But yours, like, especially with Dark Knight, because I remember we had conversations where I'm like, I don't know how you... Like, Sleep at night. And you're literally like, <laughs> well, the Chinese sequence, you know, it takes me out of the movie because it's not really Batman. It's like James Bond. It's like, but that is Batman. That is an aspect of Batman. It, it, it was okay back back then it was coming off of Batman Begins which I love so goddamn much as a Batman yeah so much yeah you, you see Bruce Wayne training and going through all this becoming Batman even like almost falling off Gotham. the building when he first has that meeting yeah. with Gordon and that meeting with Gordon is still one of my favorite scenes yeah. where he's just got the stapler yes and he's just like what would it take to take Falcone down? It's like leverage on McFadden. And then it's just like, uh, and a DA and a prosecutor is just like, Rachel Dawes. And he's whispering, and I think that's awesome. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, you're only one man. And he's leaving saying, I was like, this is awesome. That it's is so, so good. Great. And then you jump to the shipyard scene where it's like straight out of a horror movie, just like the way he's swooping in and oh, grabbing guys. God. I was just like, Oh, this is bad. So good. And this even like, at that scene, they still tease seeing him full throttle mm-hmm. because they jump cut the fight scenes. And I know yeah. everyone's like, no one can't do fight scenes, but watch the Batman movies. Sure, there are jump cuts, but even the Bourne movies have jump cuts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I have no problem. With I've never it. had an issue with it, but like they do that sort of reveal where he says, nice coat, which mm-hmm. is awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. So good. You know? Especially when the bomb is like, should have tipped better. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, wait, what are you going to do with that code? Like, careful who sees you with it because they'll be yeah. after you. And then it's just like, nice code. I was like, man, that's awesome. But then when we do see him, he's talking to Rachel Dawes for the first time, crouching, mm-hmm. which yes. I loved because you didn't see that in any of the other previous Batman movies. He's all just standing mm-hmm. or he's running or he's fighting. He's not crouching ever. And you see him crouch. When he's talking to Gordon, you know, at Gordon's apartment, you see him crouching when he's talking to Rachel Dawes. He crouches through the entire series. 
Mm-hmm. I was I I never thought of it before. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. So cool. You know. So like. Scarecrow. Scarecrow. And, and the fact that he like made little appearances with it, like I enjoyed that. The fact that they used Scarecrow was crazy. It was so crazy and they used so good. Because I they used Scarecrow. I wanted Scarecrow in the Deagle original Schumacher Burden series. Like, I'm glad I that they did it though. Now, like I am now, I am now. Those were they, they started were, to get they way been more ridiculous. So they would way be more so cartoony. Bad. I like that he was basically just this creepy scientist dude, like a psychiatrist, wearing a suit, had that ugly ass mask. Yep. You know. Like the kind of guy where he was actually horrified. Yeah, like he was mm-hmm. creepy, and the way they did the visual, the hallucinations yep. were awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, like absolutely incredible. And I love, I love that he's like the uh, drug dealer in the second movie, and then the judge in the third. He just kind of pops up. I know. And I mean, like I understand that there was a possibility that Ledger's Joker would have been the judge in the third had he survived. I almost think that that. Wouldn't have been as good. I like that you had. I would not have liked that. Yeah. Because it would have been like he was such a big character in Dark Knight to see him just be like this little. Exactly. Exactly. It almost feels like even regardless of what they planned on doing, having Ledger in the third movie, it would have had to have been a big one, a big thing. I don't think we would have seen Bane. I don't think so either. I don't think we would have seen Bane. I don't think we would have seen Talia. I don't think. Catwoman would still been there. Catwoman for sure would have still been in there because yeah. everyone was uh, talking. They wanted her. They yeah. wanted her bad. Um, it is interesting that they said that Robin was too campy for the Nolan verse, but Catwoman was okay. But they don't. They don't call her Catwoman once in there. No, right? they don't. They don't. But Not once. Yeah. But I mean, they also don't call the Batmobile the Batmobile, but we all know what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. Uh, so like, uh, and then finally, like with Batman Begins, uh, it, I I like that. Now in the final chapter of the movie, mm-hmm. is he's fighting Ra's al Ghul. He is fighting to save Gotham. He's uh, he said, "Hey, Rachel, like I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne." You know, in that awesome scene where he's just like, "It's not what I do, it's not who I am that defines yes. me, but what I do." And yeah, and then she's like. Bruce? You know, and yeah. I was like, that's so cool. I, and then I love he just that. dives off and yeah. saves Gotham. And I love how he, he revealed his identity to people throughout the series without actually saying I'm Bruce Wayne. That's right. That's right. It's like, like, he does it with uh, Gordon in the third movie. That's right. He says something about, you know, it, when he got uh, the jacket. A hero, I'm not a hero. A hero could be doing something as simple as giving a, a child his jacket and telling him everything's going to be okay. Exactly. And you're just and like... Just like I, I'm gonna do this. Waterworks, you know, and it's you know, so like they, so yeah, like it, uh, even the way they ended, even with the Joker card, mm-hmm. and I remember that was one of those things where immediately I was like, ah, I almost don't want them to do Joker right away, you know, because at the time we were looking at Nicholson's Joker, which still really good Joker, mm-hmm. okay, dated but still really good, yep, um, and we're also still knee deep in Hamill's Joker. Yeah, which is years an extension of, of the Nicholson yeah. Joker, but still just just as good. And apparently, Tim Curry was going to play the Joker. Yeah, in the animated series. Yeah, I heard that. actually, I heard that, he heard that years ago, and I forgot about it. Yeah, so did I, and I came across it again. Apparently, like, he oh. got bronchitis or something. Yeah, and they fired him. <laughs> yeah, apparently, he was too scary to be the Joker. Which I could see. 
Which I, I can definitely see, see that. But, uh, I mean, overall, there isn't anything that I don't like in Batman Begins. No. I like the inclusion of Lucius Fox. Like, I know you're always saying, like, um, they never really make it seem like Bruce is really smart. They do. It's just really understated. Mm -hmm. You know? And actually, rewatching it again last week, I, I got to see those hints that I missed the first time around. Yeah. Where he does show intelligence. Yeah. He does show he can be a detective. In Dark Knight, it's more so. Yeah. It's on a grander scale. But again, they're not telling you. They're showing you. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, do you have anything else to say about Begins? I loved it. Yeah. That's a, and, uh, but that, so that was like, that was the thing. We were coming off Batman Begins and going into the Dark Knight. And um, originally, like, I, I love the Dark Knight. Don't get me wrong. Like, when I tell people, like, all the time, like, I love the Dark Knight. Right. This was my original problem was it didn't feel like a Batman movie. Right. And that was my original problem. I was I coming that. off of Batman Begins, which is the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Yes. To a movie that didn't feel like Batman. Which... A Batman movie. It felt like... I, I could, and I can see that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be a dick and just shit all yeah. over. I can see where you're coming from. Uh, had, like, but what's changed, though, since then? What's changed is, okay, the, the whole going to China sequence originally bothered me. Rewatching it, I realized, okay, he does that before the Joker is a, a super major threat. Yeah, and I remember you said that. Because that was you the talked about that, and I was like, "Yeah, but at the time, and it was, his focus is the mob." Yeah, and it was a line that he said in the movie where um, I, I believe Alfred actually brings it up that you can't leave with this Joker guy running around. He's like, "Oh, guys, like can pop up all the time, like no big deal." Yeah, he's like one man versus or, or the mob. Yeah, and that and that's it. So like, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, I get it." Yeah, and then I also like the fact that like it ties into Batman as well because Joker says right away he says. Batman will find him. Batman has no jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. You can go wherever you want, man, in the in the TV screen. He's going to get you. Yeah. And then so Lyle's goes, oh yeah, fuck you. And what happens? Batman gets him. Yep. You know, and uh, I will say this real quick. Uh, what I did really like about the three different movies is the different palettes for each movie. So Batman Begins had a very orange-tinged feel to it. Mm -hmm. Dark Knight Blue. Blue. Right away. And then, um, surprisingly enough, there's no uh, filter in Dark Knight Rises. You know it's what I mean? It's very just gray. And... Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like you've got, like, dusk, day, and then just hovering before nighttime, which I thought was kind of interesting. Very interesting. You know? And I... And I was watching for it because I always come across that every time I watch it I always remember oh yeah there's like an orangey filter to begins which really helps Batman to stand out yeah you know and then Dark Knight it's blue and again it really helps Batman stand out like just the black costume and all that stuff especially because now it's segmented right mm -hmm. but then there's no filter at all and it's almost more it almost allows it to be more grittier even though Dark Knight Rises is more fantastical out of all of them, you know. Yeah, and that was just something I thought. I thought was kind that's of very cool. That's very cool. And um, no, I, I didn't even like. I realized that, but I didn't really, you know, didn't click when I was watching it. Like, yeah, it begins is very orange. Yeah, very much so. That's the rise. That's right. Right. So, yeah. I like um, that. so getting into begin or Dark Knight. So now. I feel like, okay, so we've got a guy who's been Batman for a couple of years now. Yep. 
okay, uh, long enough that he's now inspiring copycats, right? Right. And they had that throwaway line where he's like, oh, I don't wear hockey pads and stuff like that. But later on, this is one of the things I really liked about Dark Knight was that they have uh, that scene in the restaurant where, you know, uh, Bruce and the ballerina and Rachel and Harvey are all sitting there talking. And Harvey's just like, I don't think the Batman wants to do this forever. I think he's just doing this to get us to sort of wake up and say, no, 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 we can't stand this. You know, sort of saying like, um, well, like Bruce says in the uh, the first movie, like we need, you know, like uh, what's the line? Just outlandish sort of acts to wake people up, type of thing. That's not the line. I'm paraphrasing, but yep. like, and it ties into this sort of thing where you know he really doesn't want to do it all. This he's just doing it because he feels like he has to. And then so they kind of have like that legacy feel to it, where anybody can be the Batman type of thing, which I thought was kind of neat. They never really touched upon it on the comic books, even though they've had. Dick Grayson be Batman. They've had uh, John Paul Valley be Batman. So there's a legacy aspect to it, but they never actually say, like, have Bruce going like, "Look, I realize I can't do this forever. I also don't want to do this forever, but I can't do this forever, ideally. So someone else has to be able to take my place." So I thought that was kind of interesting, and it does kind of tie into Dark Knight Rises with the Blake character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it also ties into one of the things I don't like about <laughs> Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Rises. But like, um, not th- I shouldn't say that like uh, not that he, he d- doesn't want to because I do feel like at some level Batman doesn't really want to do this. He is compelled to do this because mm-hmm. of what happened with his parents. Because he doesn't want anyone else to have to go through the same thing. But if he didn't have to do it, if he didn't feel like he had to do it, he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Right. He'd be doing it in other ways. He'd be like more philanthropist Bruce type of thing, right? But, uh, but yeah, like I feel like he's a real, almost fully formed Batman at this point. But like I was saying with the, uh, the intelligence stuff, well, all throughout the movie we see him testing bullets, you know, trying to figure out the bullets. We, we see him figuring out the fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He takes that sonar concept that Lucius, you know, gave him, and then expanded across the entire city, yeah. pretty much. So it's like, <clears throat> it's understated, at the same time, it's not really, it's just one of those where, like, they're not saying, hey, he's really smart, see what he did there, they're just showing you, and you're just like, oh, okay, alright, you know what I mean? Right. And even just the level of thinking, to think that large, when he finally sits there and says, okay. I have to catch this Joker guy. And I'm going to have to do something I don't want to do to do it. So I'm going to do it. And it's going to be huge. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, little things like that I thought really helped to sort of bridge the gap between, you know, Junior Batman to now becoming the Dark Knight. And I like that at the end they're saying, like, he's the Dark Knight now. Yeah. You know, where the police are against him. And at the time, I liked the ending a lot, but it wasn't until further watchings of Dark Knight Rises that makes me kind of not like the ending as much. Of the dirt? Yes. Okay. Because of the eight-year stretch in between. It was a little extreme. That's a lot extreme. That's a, a lot extreme. You know, like, I mean, obviously, we'll touch upon Dark Knight a bit more. Yeah, I and think... I, I don't really think we need to go too crazy, because, I mean, like, 
we both really love the movie. I mean, and a lot of the stuff we're saying has been said before. Everyone knows that Ledger's Joker is absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah. You know? Like, I... The way he's written and the way he's portrayed is amazing. Uh, Aaron Eckhart's Two-Faced Harvey Dent, the way he's written and the way he's portrayed, amazing. The only, and I believe that was one of the things we both agreed on, was it's disappointing that we killed him off in the... So quickly. It was too quick. The the climax of the film was just too quick. The potential for like, he becomes a whole Harvey Dent movie was so juicy to me. And I remember just being like, oh, he's he's dead? And I mean, yeah, I understand that it allows for them to do the Harvey Dent act and all the criminals that he put away, you know, stay in jail. Mm-hmm. And then Batman takes the heat and then has the cops turn against him because of that. I'm okay with, but I do feel like it is a bit of a missed opportunity not having yeah a full movie devoted to or not necessarily a full movie but having him be one of the bad guys yeah you know especially because he was so good because like you start off and you like him um he reminded me of oh what's uh james white uh in superman returns cyclops oh uh yeah james marsden marsden marsden's character in superman returns is basically a human superman no, no wonder Lois Lane falls in love with him when Superman leaves. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's just an inherently good guy, wants to do the right thing, he can fly a plane. So, you know what I mean? So you have that sort of flip side with uh, Two-Face, or sorry, Harvey Dent, where he's basically Batman without the mask. Right. You know, and you have, you know, uh, Batman say that. He's like, you can do what I can't do, and you do it without a mask, or... He says, no, he says it to Rachel Dawes. He locked up half the city's criminals. He did it without a mask, you know? Um, Oh, before I forget, one of the things I I realized the first time around, which I thought was really, really cool, um, I never noticed this up until this latest viewing of The Dark Knight, uh, when I mentioned the mirror, or the two sides of the same coin. So the intro Joker, right? Mm -hmm. Middle of the day, robbed a bank, right? They reintroduced Batman middle of night fighting crime like fighting a bunch of these criminals right and it's literally like this mm-hmm. which I, and I thought that was so cool that you had the daytime Joker's doing all these crimes because where's Batman he comes out at night and then we introduce Batman right at night and he's doing what he always does yeah right and I, I just was like oh man I never really picked up on it it's literally like you could watch them simultaneously and the same beats happen almost in sequence, I believe. But you're still just like, huh, wow. I thought that was really neat. It is interesting. That yeah, they I do that, that during the day the flipping. and during the night. Because, I mean, Joker's one of the few that's like, hey, look, guys, I know why we're meeting in secret, and I know why we're meeting during the day, and I know why you guys are a bunch of fucking pussies. Yeah. Because of Batman. You know? So I was just one of those things where I'm like, oh. Yeah, he's, um... Yeah, he's not shown in the in the daytime at all, really, until the end of Dark Knight Rises, where he's fighting Bane, right? Yep. That's the first time he's in the daylight with everyone around him. Yep. Because, like, that scene, I love that scene, and I think a lot of it has to do with him being in the daytime, just like, because it's so different. And it's snowing. And it's snowing. That was, it was those two contrasting things that I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Dark Knight, I think, uh, when you want to go on a Rises yet, or? Um, 
unless you want to add anything else, like overall, like I said, my only real complaint now is the ending, based solely on the fact that it's rushed. Happened. It's like yeah, yeah, I mean, like I wish, I wish Dent would have became two facing the ten minutes earlier into the film, or the film would have went an extra ten minutes longer, just so yeah. we had that little bit more. Oh, uh, the only other thing that I will mention is. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying that like Maggie Gyllenhaal did a better job as Rachel Dawes than Kate, um, Katie, Holmes. Katie Holmes. I disagree. I think that they literally both did just as good a job. Period. Yeah. They're... Yeah. The only difference that Maggie has, in my opinion, is that she looks tougher than Katie Holmes. She looks tougher, but she still has that soft voice in her. Yeah, it's it's the visual. And it's funny because this whole time, all these years, I thought they just replaced Katie Holmes. They want someone better. And then I, I just I read last week after it. Yeah. Is that Katie Holmes said no? She didn't want to come back. Um, the I remember at the time the rumors were it had something to do with Tom Cruise and she wanted to do that Mad Money movie or something like that. There was something along those lines. There was a reason why. I think it was. Probably a combination of the two. Um, it's, I mean, I it, yeah, I think it was something to do with scheduling and whatnot. Um, yeah, Nolan wanted her back and was disappointed she couldn't come back. Yeah, and it's not like the chemistry was any better with Maggie either. Like it was just one of those things where I think, just from a visual standpoint, she looked a little bit tougher. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean. And I, I love Maggie Gyllenhaal, so I yeah. mean, I mean, I, watching it, ridiculous like actress. I said, first time I watched them all in a row, mm-hmm. so watching Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, it was strange to see, you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you how you go about doing it, it was jarring the first time around, Yeah, and it's jarring every other time. And it's like, you recast the character, and then you killed her off afterwards, and it's almost like, why'd you even bother after? It's honestly what I I see. I I don't feel like that because it does. I, I don't think she needed to be in there. I you know what? They, it's because they tied her so much to Bruce and to Harvey Dent that I mean, yeah, they had to kill her because that's the catalyst to bring Harvey Dent to the, the Two Face. Mm-hmm. I do like how they were subtly hinting of the split personality type thing throughout the movie. Yeah, you know, like you you knew the coin could there was flip at any minute. There was something, especially when he's just like, he's like the the one Joker guy that he has like handcuffed. He's got a gun to him, and he's like, "You would." He's like, oh, "I wouldn't," you know, and just like loses it, mm-hmm. and then the Batman shows up, and you almost see like he kind of catches himself. Like, I I wasn't gonna, you know, like that whole flipping thing because you know it's they're two heads, uh, two headed coin, but still, yeah. he's still kind of like. Uh, like unsure of himself and not quite sure if he was going to do it. So I did like that. Um, not as good as the actual <laughs> Two Face origin story in the animated series, because they really amp up the split personality stuff before the actual Two Face personality comes out. Right. But but really good, really good. Um, I so I like I said I think that Rachel Dawes dying had to happen. Um. Uh, especially because then you had uh, you had Batman really like Bruce really get his first big loss 
from being Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you know what I mean? Like, he lost his parents, and that was the impetus. Now he, he's got that big loss, and if this was the comic books, the outcome would have been different. He wouldn't have taken eight years off. Just cancel the book for eight years, bring it back. <laughs> yeah, like he wouldn't have taken eight years off. He would have got darker, more violent, mm-hmm. and then someone else would have had to rein him in, which is typically the Robin character. But you could have had Catwoman be that character. Yeah, you could have had, could even still have had Blake be that character to rein him in and say, "Hey, whoa, take it down a notch," you know, not take eight years off. Yeah, because it's. I mean, we might as well just go right into Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, we might as well now. Because basically, my problem is, is that, like, the two people that he loved the most were killed, and that's why he became Batman, okay? Yeah. Then Rachel Dawes is killed, and then... That made him stop. That made him stop being Batman. So it's just kind of like, well, what are you saying? You're saying that you loved Rachel Dawes more than your parents? You know, like, I know we might be reading too much into it, but it was just really jarring for me to... Open the, the. I remember when I heard it, it was eight, uh, eight years in between, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. You know? And then when you see him, he's got a limp. Because he's around with a cane, yeah. You know, and uh, he's like Howard Hughes esque with his beard and, and, and stuff. And you find out that he's literally been hiding in the house for eight years, so he's not even been like Bruce Wayne. No one's seen him. You know, he's just been... Total reflux. You know. Sitting up in his attic. Um, so that was jarring. And I mean, like, I get that they were trying to do, like, a Dark Knight Returns feel to it. Like, I get that. Um, I just... I don't understand the thought process for it. I almost think that it's partly because of Ledger's death that they wanted to take that movie far enough away from... From the Joker. From the Dark Knight. So yeah. that way they wouldn't have to that do any sense. explanations as to why the Joker's not there. You know? And I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. So it, it would make sense. But it's still just kind of like... You know? You had two ways to handle Joker, or specifically Lender's death, yep. which was either you don't reference it at all, or you reference something. You're going to lose no matter how you do it, mm-hmm. okay? You're going to lose. Because even now, people are still just like, well, I don't understand why we didn't hear about what happened to the Joker. Was he still in jail? Did he get out? Yada, yada, yada. We all heard it. So you lose either way, right? You didn't have to take an eight-year stretch right, to try and get away from that. And if that's what they were doing, that's, you know, if not... Now that you said that, that makes more sense than, than the whole... And I don't know what happened in eight years because he was fucking not hobbling around at the end of the Dark Knight. He was he actually, fell. He was actually. But to like. But the thing was, like, when he's running around and stuff, it's hard to say if it's because of the because he fell mm-hmm. because he fell and he was shot. Remember, so I didn't. But some robotics can fix that all. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that's, so like that's the problem with. We immediately get introduced to Catwoman, which Hathaway was amazing. I love Anne Hathaway as well. Selena Kyle, no Catwoman here. I'm um, I'm gonna probably refer to her as uh, Catwoman right from the movie. start with with her and Bruce Wayne. Immediately, and every scene in that movie. I my I favorite love her, part is that in that intro is when she immediately just goes. Yeah. 
You yeah. Know, her voice drops down an octave. Now she doesn't really look like she's this poor little thing. She's clearly caught. She knows it. She doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. She kicks this fucking cane out. She does a backflip out the window. She don't care. I was like, wow, awesome. And Nolan is one of those guys where he's built up enough goodwill with his movies that he can pretty much cast anyone and I'll go, okay. Yeah. Because Hathaway was one of those actresses where I'm like, you know, I don't think she's particularly bad, but I don't think she's particularly good because I haven't really seen her in anything that would suggest she's a good actress, you know? I like the, you know, and they went with the classic element of from the, the 60s series. Yeah, it was kind of a mix. The the suit and Um, the long flowing hair. Yeah, like uh, it really, it really made sense too. I liked that her uh, flashlights mimicked cat ears. Cat ears, you know? Um, Yeah, you know, like we talked about in Begins, where every inch of that costume is explained. They don't explain her costume as in depth, but they basically go, "She kind of looks like a cat ear," Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Oh, well, all right then, you know. but yeah, she was amazing. She, uh, like, oh, there's that one scene too where she's uh, she's giving the prince to the, the Daggett dude. Not Daggett, but the, the bad guy. Yeah, okay, the, the, yeah. The, the, one, the one guy, and he's just like, uh, it's like, that's fine. I'm going to kill you. I don't care about you and your pretty dress or whatever. And she's just like, well, you're going to need his thumb. So, of course, he's like, <sighs> then they do the call from that cop's phone. The cops show up. She does that quick little burst of, like, take the at people, and then as soon as the cops hit, she's like, just, just, ah! just screaming. Those instant switches, and yeah. there's no like scene cuts in between. You see it right away, and I was just like, "This is so good, yeah, like so good." And then even later on, because she's built it up as this tough chick, and then all of a sudden you have her like fucking scared. She's scared of Bane. Mm-hmm. She's scared of. Uh, she realizes, like Batman says, like it's all coming in and around her. There's nothing she can do, so she's like also very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And at least their relationship had a progression, and it made sense. It wasn't like uh, Bruce and uh, Miranda Tate or Talia, yeah, no. where it was just like almost immediately, boom, they're in super switch. Like they're in and they're together, yeah. And then, uh, and then that's it, you know. And I was just kind of like, ah. And I remember I didn't like it the first time around. It was really quick. It it struck me as more so now when I watch it. It struck me as they were literally like Warner Brothers and Nolan were literally like, you know, you we signed you for this one last movie. We just need you to tie it up. You know what I mean? Just. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say like it wasn't his best effort because I feel like he is a perfectionist, but I feel like it was just kind of like, I almost feel like his heart wasn't as in it, but he still wanted to end off on a bang. Yeah. So he did a couple of these things where, because everyone knows that, everyone that is a Batman fan to some degree knows that Batman hooks up with Talia al Ghul. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they know that Talia al Ghul is the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. Yes. Okay? So you have a little bit of that... T- circle there because he started it off with with Raz and then he ends it with Talia okay um Bane did have a run during the Contagion storyline where he was the Ubu to Raz al Ghul um so with that tied in and and the way they told that story worked really well for me 
I didn't like how they did the, the secret boss thing, you know, where you had Bane, you built up Bane, even though some of the stuff he did was really stupid, but that storyline's stupid, it wasn't just his character. Yeah. Um, but then they go, wait, he's not the bad guy's Talion. You know what I mean? Like, it, they did it with Begins, but at least with Begins right away with Scarecrow, he's already talking about Ross. He's already saying, like, I'm just one guy, but the big guy is coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it was just like, bang, 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 bang. Nope, sorry, Italian. Yeah. You know? Bane and he, was and awesome. he dies like a bitch. Yeah. It's a boom, then. Yeah. I... And that's and that ties into another thing, too. So, Batman doesn't save Ra's al Ghul in the beginning, in Batman Begins. Doesn't save him. No. So, he's dead. Let him fall. He lets him die. You know, Does he say, I, I, I don't kill, but I don't have to save you? Yeah, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Yeah. And uh, it was cool. Like, I mean, it's still a really cool line and stuff like that. It's just one of those things where you're just like, it's not really Batman. But I let it slide. But yeah. then later on, when it happens with Bane, it's... Because at the beginning when he's with Catwoman, he's like, no guns. She's like, ah. But then later yeah. he doesn't give a shit. You know? So it's like little things like that where I'm just like, ugh. The, uh, the super cast that heals his leg, but also gets rid of eight years of crime-fighting rust. <laughs> you know? Like nothing. You know, like he's a recluse in a cane with a, with a bad leg, but still is ripped to shit. Mm-hmm. Can still fight extremist League of Shadow guys, like nobody's business. Uh, the only thing they did was they had him miss one shot when he was chasing... Bane's thugs. Yeah, right. This, One shot right he misses, and then after that, out. he uh, eludes the cops with the Batwing, or the Bat, sorry. Uh, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. his, his leg is so good that he can kick uh, concrete apart. You know? Um, and not break his ankle. <laughs> yeah. he feels great. I'm going to kick this wall. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. even like the doctor says himself, he's like, well. Shoulders are shot, your elbows are shot, your wrists are shot, your knees are shot, you have no cartilage at all whatsoever. I'm amazed that you're even walking. And then he puts on the robo cast on one leg. One leg. The rest of the body is fine. You know. Um the Blake character. See the thing I like about Rises is overall it's a good movie, but only I feel for me it's a good movie because everyone does a really good job with their roles. Oh yeah. Cast is great. You know, and the movie is certainly epic, as it should be. This is where my opinion has changed since watching this, and this might not be popular. And I'm Actually, I will touch upon something really quick, and then I'll get back to this. Um, Bane was amazing. Everyone talked about Bane's voice. I had no problems with Bane's voice. I actually thought Bane's voice suited him. Yeah. I liked the fake-out with the pit. Where we think it's Bane. I, I love that part. But it's actually Talia. Yes. I and that was cool. That was one of those where even though, you know, they walked close to the pit, uh, they didn't say they broke his back, but they made you think it was. The doctor punched his back better and then let him hang in a rope from the ceiling. <laughs> you know. Um, which worked way better than the robot cast, right? Yeah. A rope. Very yeah. old. A couple punches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also coincidentally we're going to throw you in this uh, pit we're going to leave a time frame of 
three months for this bomb to go off. So you know you got three months to get better, Bruce. Mm -hmm. but you're not going to because you're a bitch and I'm made, right? But then they do that story with the the, the kid panning out, and you're just like, oh, that's pain. And then you realize it's not pain. It's not pain at all. Yeah. And, but she comes back to save Bane. I was like, man, that's awesome. That is so awesome. And the opening sequence, I forgot to mention the opening sequence with the plane. Amazing. Amazing with... That is probably the best opening sequence in the series. Yeah, I have to say, like, even just to... Just because it's it's something I've never seen before. I've seen Bane Proverbs in movies. Yep, that's right. That? I've never seen it in a movie. No, and that was awesome for two reasons. One, it showed he was really smart right from the get-go. Yeah. And two, it showed he was really strong because he's falling through the seats. Yeah. And he's just boom. Boom. You know? So that was really cool. They did such a good job with Bane that it is disappointing that he got killed off in such a shitty way. Yeah. You know? And honestly, like, after watching um, Dark Knight Rises, Bane probably has the best dialogue of any character in the series. His is and that's really saying good. a lot because Ledger has a great dialogue as Joker. But some I, of the lines that Bane spits out, even though you may have trouble understanding them at times. Which I never did, but regardless, yeah, there's yeah. a he does he does have like, like it's a really good role. It's a really good role. And for a guy that's like a short guy, they did a great job making him look like he's enormous. Amazing, you know? Like what is Hardy, five eight or something yeah. like that? It was a combination of lips and uh shooting techniques. Mm -hmm. Like he looks huge in yeah. the middle. Oh man. You know, um and just like it's so physical in that role doesn't play it like a friggin' retard or not an intelligent person, sorry. Yeah. Like Jeep Swanson. Like, no offense to Jeep Swanson. I understand that that's his, that was what they told him to do. And they made that character be like just that, uh, yeah. Idiot. You know, but that's not the bane that's in the comic books. And the mask works for me because the more I think about it, why would this guy, this, we'll say criminal mastermind, wear a luchador mask? Because Batman does, and he wants to be better than Batman? Yeah, makes no sense. No. No, I didn't mind the mask at all. And I don't mind the voice as much as I did before. Yeah, I, you were you were hating it pretty bad. Not like my brother James, though. No, he is still savage on that. He hates that movie. Because of the voice. Hates it. Yep. The voices. Hates it. Yep. In fact, his, his little playthrough is always hilarious. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. His is actually the reason why I, oh, I, got you, Brad, Brad. I you wanted to get really me. good with that voice because yeah, his is like, so good. Uh, just like, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, and as far as, like, I was saying, like, this is the least Batman movie, but this is also the most fantastic one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's huge. But now, because um, I, I don't, do you have anything else to say? Because I've got, like, this is my ending thought. This is where I... Uh, no. Dark Knight Rises includes my least favorite moment in the whole trilogy, which is Batman getting back on to Gotham with no explanation to how he got there. Bruce oh, Wayne getting back. I'm okay with that. It's Bruce Wayne. It's Batman. Yeah. But where was the pit in this movie? That I don't know. Um, I kind of assume it's on the other side of the world. But he had, he had 90 days to get to Gotham. Okay? <laughs> but the part that gets me... So he gets back, 
right? Yeah. Gets the new suit, because it is new suit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Figures out a way to put gasoline on the side of a fucking building mm-hmm. with his bat symbol. Yeah. Okay. And it's not like the side of a building, it's the entire skyscraper. Yeah, like he would have been. The amount of time. Just like hanging off that thing for probably an hour, just drawing. Even the amount of time to get a fire truck, replace that water with gasoline, yeah. and then to do that in a locked down, like, Gotham City with patrols that nobody sees is me going. Yeah. Okay. Like, visually looked cool, dumb as fuck. Yeah. In fact, um, so like, hey, fuck you, pro. And, and all the stuff I was talking about, how Batman is really smart, but we just don't realize it. They don't tell us that is non-existent in this movie. He, he, and Lucius Fox get in bed with Miranda Tate mm-hmm. without adequately checking into her background. Even though Selena Kyle says anyone with a cell phone can figure out my backstory, I can't go anywhere. But Miranda Tate was able to get past both Lucius. And Bruce Wayne digging deep on her. They didn't even bother digging. Just gave her the company. Yeah. Hey, I've got this uh, huge thing for like limitless energy, but it could also be a bomb. I don't really want anyone to have it. But you know what? You gave me a pretty good blowjob last night, so let's just <laughs> let's just get in there. So you're good. You're good. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? Like that's incredibly stupid. Incredibly stupid. And it's all these little things that Bruce is doing throughout this whole movie that is just so dumb. Heartbreaking is how Alfred is treated. Yeah, that really broke my heart. I understood. Like Michael Caine, oh, he made me tear up in that movie multiple times. I understood why Michael Caine, or Alfred didn't give him the letter. Yep. I understood why he was telling him now. He's like, hey, look, you threw away eight years of your life. She wasn't going to go for you. Yeah. Okay? And now I feel... You're trying to get yourself killed because you don't feel like you have anything to live for. Okay? You're my fucking son. I don't want this to happen. And he's like, wait, you did what? Get out. Get out. Get the fuck out. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, like I said, all the players involved involved make this movie better than it should be. Okay, yeah. In my opinion. I feel... Like they should have killed Bruce Wayne at the end of that movie. You feel that? I feel like that was the original intention of Nolan, and Warner Brothers said no. I feel like I would have the end where Michael Caine's sitting at the little cafe, Alfred's at the that's little stupid, cafe. That's stupid. I hate that whole sequence. I hate the the fantasy thought when he tells Bruce that that's my fantasy. I always thought I'd show up in a cafe in Italy and you'd be there. We would ever acknowledge each other. It would just be a... See, and I hate that. I I like that. I like that. But I didn't like the end when he saw Bruce there. All they could have done was have him sit down, just look up, grin and nod. That's Not fine. show Bruce at all. That's fine, but... The reason why I hate it is because Alfred's falling apart of the grave. Oh, yeah. I failed you. I am so sorry. I failed you. The one thing that you care about most in that world, and I let it, I, I let him die. You know? 
And then for him to see him in the cafe and be, not once is he like, you fucking telling me you were alive? You fucking asshole? Mm-hmm. You've been alive for, we'll say, like a month has passed, right? I'm not going to be like, let's see you're alive, buddy. I'm going to be like, you son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> you son of a fucking bitch. You pulled that shit on me? I've been bruising my face off for a month straight because I let my son die. But no, this is cool. Yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have fun with Selena Kyle, you fucking dick. That, that's why the sequence makes me so mad is because he tells him this fantasy, which I think is ludicrous. I don't like it. I did before. I don't now. But I do. Th- I feel like they should have killed him. I feel like that was the arc that was complete. Because even before the movie came out, no one says it's a logical resolution to Bruce Wayne's story. Most of the words that he used. And you thought death would be the logical? At the time, I didn't. But now I do. Because the whole purpose was to create a symbol that would continue on past him, mm-hmm. right? He does the biggest thing he's ever done. He stops a nuclear bomb from yep. destroying Gotham. It still goes off. How the hell does he ever get away? That part I never understood. Okay. Because, I mean, they show him clear as day in the seat with, like, six, five seconds to go. Even though I literally just used the, he's the Batman, to say that he got from one point on literally across the Earth... Mm-hmm. To Gotham, I I can't do it with this one. It's the Batman. I know. He there, had I, some special submarine that was planted. Admittedly, in... the whole getting across the earth is one of those things where you just kind of go, "Well, it's Batman," but at the same time, it's, uh, but it, you can't show me something. Show me something where he's, I don't know, skipping out on a plane of his own, one of his own planes. He's just sneaking aboard it or something. You know, mm-hmm. and then at least I can buy into that. The uh, the reason why I feel like it should they should have killed him off is a you could do recasting no problem because Nolan versus its own separate entity yep. it adds more weight to Blake becoming Batman, and I firmly believe that he was going to become Batman, not Nightwing or anything else. Because oh. none of those things make sense. No, he was becoming Batman because Nightwing he only was in works the back if Superman is in this world. If yeah. Superman isn't, then you can't say Nightwing because those words don't exist without Superman. And Robin, I know it's a fun little nod that his name was Robin John Blake, mm-hmm. okay? But that Robin character also doesn't exist in this world because there was no precursor to that. No. So he's going to be Batman. There's more weight to it. Plus, it's... There's no, it's it's a get out of jail free card if they were to continue the storyline with Bruce still alive. There's always going to be the pull to, the the uh, the allure of bringing Bruce back in, you know, never actually having Blake stand on his own as his own Batman, which could have been great with next to no money, you yeah. know. But the you know you have one movie maybe doesn't do so well. Let's get the bail back. Let's get the real Batman back. You know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. now that he's gone, like dead, we've got this new Batman. Do you think Warner was at one time planning to continue this series? I Warner Brothers, yes. Nolan, no. Yeah, Nolan was out. Nolan was out, though I'm sure he was stuck around as a producer or something. He produced Man of Steel. He would have stuck around as a producer, but I don't think he would have stuck around 
as a producer if they were trying to get a Nolan-style Batman off the ground without him. Right. I I think that, like I said before, I think uh, I think originally he might have stuck on for a fourth movie if Ledger was still alive. Yes, love that. I think that because of Ledger's death, and obviously that led to this type of movie, I think he was done. I I, I feel like he would have been done regardless. He, he was ready to just. It's yeah. I mean, he's it's, not it's, a comic it's, it's, book guy to begin with. No, and I mean, like he owes a t- all of his success to those movies. But he also like he leveraged those movies to make the movies he wanted to make. Exactly. You know. So like Batman Begins, he went into the Prestige. That's right. Dark Knight went into Inception. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises went on to do Interstellar. Yeah. You know, like. And the the guy is a, an incredible talent, and it, sometimes it's like okay, and I feel like so you did three movies, let someone else have a shot at it. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, I do feel like they should have killed him off, hundred percent. Wow. And I never thought I would have said that, but I was watching Dark Knight Rises, and I kept thinking, like, it almost, like, they chickened out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I totally understand that. I, and, and, see. Warner Brothers felt like they could offer a, a shit ton of money to both Bale and Nolan, or even just Bale, mm-hmm. to continue having a Batman movie. But again, they, you have Batman sort of retired, right? Yeah. Bruce is retired, he's changed his name, you know, they use that whatever, like, Bruce is dead, so he's got his own new name, and Selena Kyle's got her own new thing, yep. you know, but how you bring him back to Gotham without somebody seeing him and going, wait a minute, aren't you Bruce? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's a whole can of worms that you can't, and also you can't have him say to Italy, shit's going on in Gotham, you can't have him hear about it and then just go, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like in this one, I get that. You know, so I, it's they should have killed him off, hundred percent. They should have just said, "That's it. That's the story. It's over and done with." Batman's story's not done, but Bruce is. And comic fans, as much as they probably would have lost their minds at the beginning, would have said, "Okay, but you know, we've accepted Terry McGinnis as Batman Beyond. We've accepted Dick Grayson multiple times as Batman." Yep. You know. Granted, they didn't introduce Dick Grayson, but John Blake is quite the amalgamation of all three Robins. And he looks like Nightwing. You know, so it's... So he doesn't do the Nightwing route, he just goes straight to Batman. Straight to Batman. Okay. And that's exactly what he was doing. He swung into the cave. Yeah. Saw everything. So yeah, so like that's how he... He's already a detective. He'd probably be a better detective than Bruce Wayne as Batman. Well, that's just it, right? So... So that's just it. Like overall, three of the best Batman movies I've ever seen in my entire life, so far. Um, I, I have high hopes for the Batman with Matt Reeves and, and Ben Affleck. I have high hopes. Um, just have to see what happens. I have to see what happens. But at least we have these movies that I can look back at and go, "Man, this was." So I'm not going to hold my breath on the Matt Reeves one yet. I, I yeah, I, just, I feel like holding my breath is a little bit. Uh, I feel like something is still going to stop it. Honestly, you know what I think is going to happen? I think everyone's just doing this movie for Justice League. Yeah, Justice League 
success. Like, yeah, sure. Wonder Woman's already got a sequel. Mm-hmm. But I literally think like Flash, Aquaman, Batman, and Superman, and Cyborg, which still they shouldn't do. But anyway, it should have been John Stewart. All five of those movies are literally just waiting mm-hmm. until Justice League hits, and then. If it's huge. Well, Aquaman's already shooting. But that doesn't mean shit. So Aquaman and Wonder Woman 2 are definitely after. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. Flash is still But I mean right now flopping everywhere. Aquaman is shooting, it's not finished. No. But it's gonna be released regardless of the success of Justice League. My, what I'm I guess what I'm getting at, I might not have been clear, is so let's say Justice League is terrible. Which now, I'm sure critics are going to say Aquaman is. gets pushed back because now it's got to be retooled. Justice League is amazing. Then Aquaman proceeds as planned. I guarantee you they'll really push hard for the Batman. Superman will get a sequel. I hope. Uh, he's kind of become the Hulk of the DC Universe. He's just going to pop up in everyone else's movie. So as stupid. shitty as that is. I mean, like, I gave you the email script or uh, write-up of the movie that I would have done. Yes. Infinitely better than the movie that we got. Yep. Yep. There should definitely be more Superman. But, like... Done properly. But Superman. Not bad Superman. Angst Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it worked in Man of Steel because they figured out an angle for Superman that we hadn't seen before, which was... This guy is an alien, so people that are starting to figure out something off about Clark aren't going to be like, hey, buddy, high five. They're going to be like, I don't know what's up with that guy, but he can do things that no one else can do. It's kind of fucking weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even just the whole um, visitor stuff with the army getting involved and stuff like that, it all made sense that they would just be like, this guy's a fucking alien, and he can do things that no one else can do. Sure, he saved cats, you know, out of a tree, and he saved a couple of people here and there, but what if he snaps? So I got that angle, I liked that angle, um, and I've said this before, ultimately, I'm okay with him killing Zod as long as they did a flashback to show him at the farm, Yeah. and being in a situation where maybe he had to kill a coyote to save the chickens, and he chose not to, the chickens die, and that was his life lesson. So he realized, in some cases, I have to do this. Then it's okay. Still don't like the Smallville. <laughs> Smallville wiped off the planet. Your hometown. Yeah. You're literally in Main Street going like, everyone in, get inside. Yeah. Get inside. I'm fighting guys just like me. Get inside. No, take them to a fucking field. No one shops at Sears anymore, man. They're going online. Yeah. The IHOP was packed. You can't buy pancakes online. But tell me, like, that's, <laughs> and the, and I said before, if you showed him trying to get them away from Smallville, I'd be more forgiving. Yeah, I wish there was... You know, because, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, that was his first time coming face-to-face with these, these threats. Though. Yeah, like, up until that like... point, he's just saving people in secret, yeah. or doing his best to be in secret, but now he's out there in the cape, you know, um, and he's basically trying to save the world with guys that can do similar things to him, but they have training that he's never had. Yeah. So I get that it's going to be a struggle, Show him trying to get them away from his city, surrounded by his fucking family and friends that he grew up with, that all know he's Superman. Because how do they not? You gotta know. 
but that's just it. So that's that's oh. where I'm at. Like overall, amazing movie. I still look back at it and I'm like, man, these are just great movies. The messages are absolutely amazing. Overcoming your fear, you know, um, rising above everything, mm-hmm. and then just being the best you can be. Like all of these things are so positive and amazing, and they. Batman is one of the best templates to get that message across. Oh, yeah. Because he's just a human being, but he worked his ass off to be the best that he could be to bring hope to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, the character is amazing. The movies are amazing. And yeah, like, I mean, I really can't say anything other than, like, yes, Rise, the Rises is the weakest. And you would say Dark Knight is For me, the best. I would have to say that it is the best. It's so close, though. Yeah. Like, begins in Dark Knight. And and here's the reason why I feel like, for me personally, that uh, Dark Knight is better. A, the costume makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And I love love that they start Dark Knight with the Batman Begins costume, and it says, you want to move your neck. (laughs) That's right. You know? I mean, it's not like it just is. And he's there, and he's pretty much, like, fully formed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at this point you have the cops hating him at the end of that movie and you could you could have gone into other avenues where you had some cops who were like, Look, he saved my life. I'm never gonna have a problem with him or other cops were like, Fuck him, he can't do our job better than us and it works because it that's kinda how it always been with the comics and then you open up other bad guys and stuff like that, it would have been great. It would have yeah. been absolutely great because like I said, he's there. He is it. He's at peak optimal fighting condition. He's brains firing on all cylinders. You know, that's where it edges out. I think it's just absolutely awesome. And I the Chinese sequence I, I, is amazing. Yeah, it is good. Like, he starts off with the new costume, helmet off, puts it on, busts out, you know, after he, like, does, does all the little uh, timed bombs, mm-hmm. flies in, beats the fuck out of everybody. And, and the, oh, I forgot to mention, in every one of those sequences, they do a scene where Batman is shrouded in darkness and you don't know where he is because right. he's all black. Yeah. You know? And you're just like, that is awesome. That's so cool. So you cool. know? The only thing that I would have liked to see at least in one of those movies was the classic uh, silhouette where it's the ears and the cape. Oh, yeah. Like Michael Keaton's entrance in the original film. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The way yeah. The, the way the cape is made, it, it would have worked in Begins because the cape is kind of here more. So they could have yeah, had that. Yeah, Begins would have been the better costume before that. After that, it's just kind of there, off to the side. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that would be the only thing I would change. And you know, Aside from killing Bruce in Dark Knight Rises. Aside from killing the hero, that's the only thing I would change. Not necessarily killing him, but giving him a hero sacrifice. Okay. I I accept but that. But uh, so your end thoughts I, are... I, I, my, my score is in the order of Rose. Yeah. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark which is funny because before it was very much like after we watched Dark Knight Rises in the theater, we were just going crazy eight yeah. shit about it. I was like, perfect 10 out of 10. Oh my God. But then you pick apart piece by piece by piece. And because your, your blinders aren't on. Right. Because you didn't wait like three years to watch this movie, you know, and you weren't like, you were like, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. so but yeah. I was happy. I'm, I was happy with all three of them. I'm like I said, I'm overall happy with Dark Knight Rises. You know, every 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 one of them has little things here and there. Um, Dark Knight Rises has the most of the things you mentioned. Want to change? Yeah, hundred percent. 
But overall, as a trilogy, one of the best trilogies ever. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, even like, even though Talia got a short shift, uh, all the bad guys were really treated like they were given weight. Each and every one of them were given weight. Yeah. You know, like, you never got the sense that uh, Scarecrow wasn't, in fact, a psychiatrist. He was a psychiatrist, but you also were like, he's kind of like creepy. And then, of course, the Scarecrow aspect, you're like, holy fuck. You know, uh, Razal Ghul, you got the sense that this is what Bruce could have been if he was just a little bit more extreme. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Bane is Batman, like Razal Ghul. Just yeah. to the extreme. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, Talia, just like her dad, smart, calculating, thinks on a global scale. She's just uh, not as compassionate. You know? Because, of course, compassion is uh, it's, uh, something that the criminals will share with you, right? Right. But, of course, Bruce feels that that is what sets, sets us apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. The casting made the series. Casting made the series. The writing made the series. The writing made the series. of all of them were amazing. Yeah. But... They got a hell of a cast. They for did. every they one of those did. movies. Like Lee Neeson was amazing and Cillian Murphy was amazing in Batman Begins. Yes. But then you've got Heath Ledger. Yep. And that performance, I say kudos to everyone in Dark Knight Rises because you had to follow That's that. Right. You had to follow that. Oh, and, like, that would have been so taunting. Like uh, Hardy not taunting, Hardy, but, you know, yeah. Daunting. Daunting. Hardy in particular was the one that had to follow that. Right. Because Bale Fox, or uh, Morgan Freeman, they were already established. We yeah, already they're going knew they in. were amazing. We already liked them. I mean, Morgan Freeman as Fox is Morgan Freeman. He's not... Morgan Freeman's always Morgan Freeman. You know, he's, he's, yeah, always, he's like Sam Jackson. He's always awesome. You know, That's all. <laughs> but, like, but kudos for Bane for really sitting there and saying, okay, yeah, you loved him. I'm Bane. I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, so... Yeah. So, that's it. That is it. That's the Dark Knight trilogy... By yeah. Christopher Nolan. Let us know your thoughts. Please. How would you rank the films? What would you change? Are we idiots? Well, maybe. Actually, yeah, you know what? I'm interested. Are we idiots? Are we idiots? Are we wasting our time? <laughs> yeah. Are you Are you watching this? <laughs> Keeping in mind we're doing this for free, so we'd be doing this anyway, so we might as well be filmed doing yeah, it. Yeah, we're actually paying to do this right now. Chris just bought $12 at coffee. Actually, no, it's cheaper. Five bucks. Or two cups. Five bucks or two cups. Two fifty for that. Oh, okay. Well, and I then had, a refill is a buck forty-seven. I had whipped cream on mine, so. And yours was a dessert. That was a liquid cake. Don't understand, but it was good. I'm I'm Chris Woke Mercy. Me up. So. That's Chris Mercy. I'm Ken Levitsky. You can find us on Twitter at dash Geek Pants Media, Instagram Geek Pants Media, Facebook Geek, Geek Pants, Pants Media. Media. Okay. All right. So go follow us there. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. We'll be back next time. We are going to chat the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Phase one, what we liked. We Phase might two. actually do uh, no geek news or geek. We might have cap. to cut it. We got a little more films to cover that time that's, around. That's what, 12? Or at least trim it down greatly, one of the two. Yeah, we might um, do one or two phases. But yeah, we got time. two phases to talk about and a phase three that we hope. Yeah, so what we want from it. See what happens. So that is next time on the Geek Pants Cam Cast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Take care. Take care. These pancakes are delicious.